on this episode. So I invited her to one of the Friday night funnies and they were doing this every Friday. Uh-huh. And she came to one that I wasn't on. It was either a week before or a week after. And she brought a date. She brought a dude to the show that I wasn't <laughs> on. Thankfully, yeah. <laughs> that would fucking killed me. Did she know you were there? I invited her to my show as a, as like I'm trying to get in. You know, this is my in. Yeah, you know, it seemed. And uh, she brought a date. Fucking power move. <laughs> <laughs> fucked up, right? She <laughs> may have been calculated. <laughs> the level of respect is just through the roof. Just oh. waving the coochies. <laughs> hey, you can't have this. Yeah. Respect. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode. Let's so we'll do a quick intro, and then we'll start ripping. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, welcome to another episode of No Country for Middle-Aged Men. I am your host, Mark Pearson, and this is my co-host with the tiny hands, Adam Radliff. Tiny hands <laughs> is an accurate description. I have nothing to say about that. Uh, I, I immediately looked at your hands. <laughs> I never not noticed. Hands. But yeah. goddamn, it's not the size of the hands that matter. It's what they're holding, <laughs> which is also tiny. But we're, uh, <laughs> I'll just say I'm Irish and, and leave it at that. Uh, yeah. Also, I'm actually German, which is some kind of sick joke. I was talking to this girl the other day. She was talking about her ex-husband, and he's like, "Yeah, he was like Irish German, had this huge anaconda." I'm like, first off, why are you telling me this? And second off. That is not a guaranteed combo that works. <laughs> I'm right, right. Like, yeah. like there's some stereotypes. <laughs> like, Irish German. Oh, oh. shit. <laughs> <laughs> like Irish is like I'm not a, a known ethnicity for having uh, gigantic dicks. Great writers though. <laughs> yes. And they make a killer beer. Yes. And whiskey. Yes. And car. Car. Italian cars. Oh, Irish. Oh. Oh well. Okay. Oh, tiny, German, tiny. German, Jeez, German yeah. guys. German engineering is pretty good too. Yeah. Volkswagen, I'm okay. Porsche, Audi, yeah. Audi yeah. BMW. Much anything Mercedes that's not American Mercedes. is all right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I buy Japanese because uh, I like those cars things last forever. Don't break down, <laughs> and they're cheap to maintain. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. I like to get my money's worth. Not that I wouldn't like a BMW, but I just don't want to invest that continuous amount of money. Don't into you it. drive a Dodge? Yeah. The what mother. if God believes in America? There was a Mexican car. Ah, oh, you losing me. And it was, <laughs> it was so stereotypically Mexican. Like it is cheap and it works. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you you might be onto something. Like, yeah. saying, just, this is a million dollar idea. Uh, Sorry for interrupting the uh, intro there, bud. No, no, it's all good. I just realized we haven't even said who you are. Yet. Yeah, this is. I guess <laughs> Let's just uh, anonymously do this. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's comedian Nathaniel Amador. Man, it's a it's a pleasure and an honor. I'm really happy to be here. I was gonna come here and you know talk shit and you know, shit on the place, but I'll, I'll take the everyone around. fucking does. <laughs> Look, I'm sorry. I don't live in a fucking mansion. No, no, no. I have expected the bike to be like hung from the, the ceiling, ceiling like a garage. <laughs> At least I have a bike. I, mean, I never use it, but I have it. It's a Walmart bike. I, I bought it at a pawn shop, knowing nothing about bikes. I went to the pawn shop. I looked at this thing. I was like, oh, it looks pretty cool. And I paid like $75 for it. 
couple weeks later, I'm in Walmart. Brand new, ninety dollars. Hmm. So do the you feel pawn like shop that's, got me? Dude, okay, that's why right. I don't go to pawn shops. Pawn shops are a rip off. I didn't know how how you were gonna lean into that. Like I saved twenty bucks. No, so. no. <laughs> pawn shops, you should be saving like fifty percent minimum. Oh no, yeah. Pawn shops are. I, don't, I mean, I know nothing about pawn shops. I pawn shops shop. are a rip off because they they take advantage of people that are in desperate circumstances. You know, they bring in like a thousand dollar gold ring. They give them one hundred fifty bucks for it, and then if the person doesn't come back for it, they sell it for nine hundred dollars. I. I uh, pawned my Xbox for drugs probably when I was like a teenager. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was just like, you know what? I'd rather have weed than Madden, you know? So <laughs> I wasn't thinking clearly, obviously, at this moment. <laughs> I wasn't old enough uh, to pawn. You got to be like 18, right? You got to yeah. have an ID and shit. Uh-huh. So. Wait, your dealer doesn't ID? I, I hadn't gotten to that far yet. So I find, I run into two guys I just met. And I was like, hey, this is the plan. Will you do it? Kind of like barking at people to buy you beer at the gas station. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You had something funny to you say, fucker? You, you, no, uh, your eyes, yeah. your ears poked. <laughs> I, I, I'm excited where this story's going. It's not, it doesn't end well. Uh, <laughs> of course it doesn't. Yeah. You, you're starting well, to tell me. That's why I perked up. I was what, like, are you fucking kidding me? What pawn shop story does end with like a fairy tale ending? Yeah. <laughs> Good point. Good point. <laughs> So I that's mi- when I knew. <laughs> the- <laughs> I met my wife at a pawn. <laughs> Somebody's got that story. She had a button was a red shirt. Tag sale. <laughs> she had a denim vest right, on. Right, had her with her name stitched into it. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Paige. She looked like a t- she could take a punch. Um, so these two guys, a little bit older than I am, not very old, old enough to do it. And I immediately jump in their ride, go to the pawn shop, and they were acting kind of finicky, a little funny. I couldn't, body language is off. I couldn't really pinpoint it. Mm-hmm. As soon as the uh, console is traded for cash, they leave my backpack, which I was carrying it in, and just kind of scurry off to the door. Not running, but like walking fast. And I'm like, I want my backpack, right? So I go and grab for it, and they start running out the door, hop in their car, fucking lock the doors, skirt off onto like a, like a major like FM 1960 kind of four lane uh-huh. yeah. freeway. Like just skirt. I run out to the middle lane, fucking punch their window and it didn't get ran over, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's, that's how I got robbed from my Xbox. Damn, that fucking sucks, man. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, at least, you didn't even, you hit the window. So it's not like you could even have dented it. I mean, no, no, I'm, I'm not that strong. I got to hit fun. the side panel. Yeah. The, like a $500 dent. So you, you just know how well your life is going. If you can't remember the last <laughs> time you fed the pawn something. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always had like, a, I mean, I didn't have a ton of expenses growing up, you know, uh, but um, I always had like a job and I don't spend money. Like Obviously. <laughs> Who's our next guest? (laughs) Call Jacob. (laughs) Replacement. Bring in the lefty. Leah Samson couldn't make it. He's like, another beautiful black person. (laughs) Call Nathaniel. Yeah. This makes this like one thing is not like the other. Um, but yeah, that's that's a rough going, man. Yeah, but I always yeah. had, like I said, I had jobs where I, if I wanted to buy like a, a PlayStation or whatever, but I never did, I never did drugs though. So really, yeah, not as a kid. No. Oh, 
When did you start? What, what you start with weed like everyone else, or what was your uh, intro so, to? Actually, my the first time I ever smoked weed, like I have a, a pattern of whenever I'm like really down in the dumps, I'll make stupid decisions. Right. So I like I taken the entrance exam to community college because I was homeschooled, didn't take the SATs. So I was like, I taken it like flunked it miserably. Uh, went back and took it again. Like went a couple months later, flunked it again. I was like, ah, fuck it. I guess I'm not, I'm not going. This is like, this is my, whatever. So my buddies, oh, I had a bunch of buddies that smoked. One of them was a dealer for a while. I know what failures do. (laughs) (laughs) Drugs. I get hopped up on that pot. Um, (laughs) Well, then I tried it a couple of times. It wasn't for me. I get like too paranoid with it. I'm the kind of guy who's, I've had two experiences where I like got kind of giggly and like happy. Every other other time it's like um, mellow at best or like, paranoid and grady has a joke about watching a movie and a fury in the theater after eating some gummies and he's like did i shit my pants mm. that would happen to me like half the time i would right. like for whatever reason i get that sensation like did i shit my pants so then, then i get paranoid about that yeah. and then it's like, not a fun time plus i always liked alcohol so. I, my first time smoking i got real giggly i mean my mm. cheeks hurt from laughing so hard my first time right and then from then on it was like I, I was no lightweight, uh, you know, mm-hmm. and I, on and off, I would quit smoking out of necessity. Either I mean, I'm living with someone who's like not cool with it, like my, my parent or uh-huh. uh, I need a job, what have you. I've always had pretty good discipline in stopping, but I always would pick it back up. Mm-hmm. And then here, like lately, I want to say the past few years, I just I quit. And every time I would try, ah, it smells good or my old lady smokes to you know go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And I would try it. and like you would just get super fucking paranoid to the point where I'm not enjoying this yeah. anymore. What am I doing? So I, I just kind of done away with it. But uh, I don't know. I feel like everybody needs to like graduate from weed and onto something else. You know what I mean? Cocaine, obviously. Exactly. <laughs> Become a drunk. Do pills. Like grow yeah. up. <laughs> no, I've been so, alcohol has been my drug of choice uh, since. 18, 17, 18, whatever. Okay. Yeah. Um, pretty solid streak where I would say I had drank um, every weekend minimum, like, but, but for a solid 20 years, I would think at this point. So there was a point in, in my adolescence Not when. 20 years. What am I talking about? 15 years. <laughs> How old are you? 35. Oh, fuck. Oh, yeah, I mean, you carry it well. I guess <laughs> all that fucking biking. <laughs> How old are you? Keeping you young. 28. You carry it terribly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've, I assumed you were my age. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard. Yeah. Hey, by the way, I think the telltale sign of our age would be our hair. But um, this jerk, uh-huh. beautiful full head of hair. He grows it out one time. I see him. Like, I didn't see him in like months. And I'm like, why the fuck do you shave your head? Yeah. It's not like he has like nice hair. Yeah, it is. It's nice. Just, it's slapping God in the face for giving you a beautiful gift. <laughs> it is thick and it's luscious. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I don't know if that's the right way. It's not right. right. <laughs> luscious, sounded good. Oh, I would say that's a fair assessment. It's really yeah. nice hair. I, I've always had, my parents were army and they met in the army. And my dad always cut my hair short. So I always cut my hair short. But he left. He got out of the picture uh, somewhere when it was like 10 or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was a point. Where like oh, my friends were growing their hair out like like for dreadlocks, and I was like, well, hey, you know, when when in Rome, your white friends, yes, oh, yes. Man. Well, I mean, let, let, let me let me rephrase. 
No they, one you were selling Xboxes for drugs. You were hanging out with the wrong people. <laughs> Very white, but like, 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 like myself, Mexican in heritage, uh-huh. extremely Americanized, don't speak Spanish, and kind of leaned into black culture like uh-huh. I do. <laughs> I hung out with me, uh-huh. essentially. Yeah. And uh, where was I going with this? Dreadlocks, hair. I was growing my dreadlocks. I, I had no one else to tell me to cut my hair. And mm. it was kind of a rebellion thing. And it, it it looked good. I enjoyed it while it was there. I dreaded it up for like two weeks. Found out you, you're like constantly throwing this sticky shit in yep. it. And you can't really wash it like you want to. And if you shake out your dreads, you ain't got no fucking dreads anymore. You know, you can't uh-huh. wash your hair. And I got dandruff. Uh-huh. And it was a fucking problem. So I paid like 120 bucks to get it tightened up, to get it locked up. Uh-huh. Just just to shave my head two weeks later. <laughs> Not a very good investment. No. That's what I'm hearing. No. So if, because of that one mistake you made when you were 16, 15, somewhere around there. A little there, bit older. You yeah, decided but yeah. to shave your head the rest of your life. Gotcha. I don't know. The fuck did that story go? It, in the, it's gonna. Every story is just gonna end on nothing. <laughs> <laughs> or I was robbed. <laughs> <laughs> your girlfriend doesn't like it when you grow out your hair. No, she gets accustomed to one thing, and then I fuck right. Like I remember, I used to have a goatee for a long time. She didn't uh-huh. like it at first. Yeah, it's been a long time since you had that. And then she started to like it, and then I just kind of, you know, Britney Spears myself. So you're just, just trying to piss her off at this point. If she likes it, like, it, okay, it, it keeps me going. God, yeah. Honestly, <laughs> life's small pleasures because we get along, and I'm addicted to domestic violence. <laughs> just, I need something to be wrong. So, what part of town did you actually grow up in? Humble. Humble, okay. Humble, Texas. Yeah, that's. I, I was. We came here in a trailer. So my first experience that I like remember, you know, real young, mm-hmm. was being in a trailer park, and my best friend across the street was Hispanic, didn't speak fucking English, clearly like illegal. Mm-hmm. And my other friend I hung out with a lot was in a wheelchair. Like it was. Wait, is that a telltale sign? Of white trashness? No, <laughs> like, like yeah, you, you got a friend that's in a wheelchair, you live in a trailer park, you piece of shit. If you don't speak English, is it fair to assume that this person is illegal or is it just some no, people just don't speak English? There's there's a few guys that work for me and a couple of them speak very little English. But they you hear that ice? What, what company do you work for again? <laughs> I'm not saying it on the air. It's definitely a symptom of it not is, having papers. Like, right. <laughs> English isn't a second language, it just isn't a fucking yeah. language. <laughs> There's no uh, national language in America. Well, did you know that? I didn't know that till I was in school. I didn't didn't know a lot of things, but yeah. There's a predominant language, but no, there is no national yeah. language. You think that's a good thing or a bad? I'm sorry, I'm fucking derailing the story. <laughs> yeah, I, was be like, I don't give a. F- <laughs> <laughs> no, Adam, I don't. What do you think? <laughs> well, I actually, have a lot of opinions on this. So I hope you strap in for a 30 minute <laughs> yeah. monologue. Uh, Ready for Adam's long winded diatribe here. Uh, uh, <laughs> So, okay, so you're living in, the, uh, in a trailer uh, park, uh-huh. for, and then it um, it wasn't the best, but it wasn't the worst. It wasn't a slum, but it was, you can call it a ghetto, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. It had ghetto symptoms. And then my neighbor, or my dad's friend, uh, his house got shot up. Apparently his young, uh, uh, proud boy-like white kids were getting into it with the S.A., you know, uh, Casper uh-huh. and Creeper type Mexicans. Uh-huh. Uh, you get what I'm saying when I like this little nicknames. They a real, have really, like, uh, a real, they have real stupid fucking jets. nicknames. <laughs> sharks and jets. And they name themselves here. Sleeper and Dreamy. I don't get it. Yeah. Hey, these California types. 
these California types. I grew up in California, so yeah. I know what you're talking you, okay. about. Okay, some. I, I just want to make sure this is all making sense. Yeah, I know no lingo. You just assume that. Uh, <laughs> I just don't want to feel like I'm like, what the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> no, I feel like that often. So, <laughs> <laughs> so they uh, the Hispanics shot up the white guy's trailer, which I assume penetrated through because the walls are very thin. Yes, usually <laughs> built. But I don't think anyone got shot. But my dad made decent money. He was an oil field guy. Uh-huh. And then we moved out to the suburbs at a real big, nice house and a real uh, big yard. And then he up and split. Yeah. Right? And, and then we, our uh, standard of living severely decreased. It wasn't uh-huh. so much so that we like had to like move across town. But it was just a smaller house, still suburbs. And then I moved around. I got kicked out of house. Mm-hmm. My mom had enough of my shit at one point, And I moved to Corpus. Uh-huh. And then Corpus had enough of my what? shit, and I moved to Port Lavaca, Point Comfort area. Uh-huh. And then they had enough of my shit, sent me back. Damn, I think I always thought you were this like nice guy, and never starting shit with anybody. Here I'm way off. Like this guy just <laughs> I get kicked out of cities. I wasn't violent. You get kicked out of Corpus. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> they got you and Waterburger. What else right. they got? Uh, Selena. <laughs> fucking Doug Dalton did get kicked out of his fucking corpus. How did you get kicked out? Actually, um, kind of did. Yeah. <laughs> I, I uh, hesitantly fought my uncle in, I think, both of our underwear. We were like in the front yard. Why are you tidies? <laughs> no, boxer briefs, actually. <laughs> It was uh, it was a show. <laughs> both in boxers? Yeah, we, we were both in our boxers. I think I had socks on, so I may have had more traction in the grass. He was bare feet. <laughs> had snuggies on. <laughs> so so I, I'm, I'm, I'm relatively well-traveled. Like, mm-hmm. I've seen different neighborhoods and, uh-huh. like, different uh, areas and walks of life. So I feel like that helps me. Uh, get along in different environments. Definitely. I feel like you're like a super easy, uh, easy to get along with person in general. Like there's nobody in the comedy scene has a negative word to say about you. And that's because I don't talk to nobody. Dog. <laughs> I keep it like a, like a, like a Heisman arm length. You know what uh-huh. I mean? Like we talk and we're cordial, but we've never really hung out outside right. of maybe one time at Edie's or no, no, Brad Grace. Was it? Yeah. 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 We were, so, talk- were you there the night we were playing craps? We were playing some sort of dice. Yeah. It was like, Ghetto craps. Yeah. yeah so. I felt bad when I was winning. I was like, people do not want me to yeah, win. Yeah, <laughs> I think that was that night. Yeah. <laughs> I, felt, I went to Louisiana last weekend and won a mess of money at craps. I love craps, man. You ever play craps? Casino? No, I want to play. I'm, I've learned to play roulette and blackjack relatively well. Like, I know what I'm doing. Uh-huh. Uh, I want to learn craps. But every time I go, the, the fucking table's full. And it's just like, well... I'm not going to like barge in and like now it's your turn or, you know, I like, I, I don't want to get swept up in this wind of gambling that I'm not certain of. It's like, uh, it's by far the best odds that you have at a casino yeah. by far. And it's in my opinion, it's the most fun. Cause like the table's all playing together. They're all like cheering for each other, high-fiving, um, real bro stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like my lane. Yeah. That's why I but won't play poker. I won't play like Texas Hold'em. I know mm-hmm. how to play, but I, I refuse to play against other customers right yeah when when we're supposed to be playing against the house right 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 and it works i like that- playing against yeah I, that's what i like so with blackjack the people get all pissed off the way you play because oh, you're because like, you're, you're like oh you're you just took the dealer's bus card you, you don't need to you know how to play they get all pissed off like people who are really into it yeah i don't need that kind of pressure no. like, i want to be able to play my game my way and craps yeah. 
everyone can play their own way. Everyone can bet whatever they want. And, and usually if you bust the dealer, uh, the house, everyone makes money. Right. Roulette was my thing. I went to New Orleans for like a concert getaway. Me and my old lady had a great time. I went to Harris. Mm-hmm. It was just a vacation couldn't have went better. But I got there and was like playing roulette. And like, I mean, like 120s turned to like 500. And I was nice. like, I found my game. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you get everybody, yeah. Um, I love gambling. It's fun. As long as you go into it knowing you're, you could, you can only lose so much money. And then yeah. you walk away. I feel like whenever I go in like that, I tend to have better luck. Now, if I go in to where I'm like just fucking out of control, well, you're going to have a bad time. For one, I've noticed a lot of my f- friends and family, they'll talk about going to the casino before I ever went. They would talk about it. And then they would just talk about sitting in fucking penny slots and drinking for free. And I was like, that sounds horrible. Yeah, that does <laughs> That sound sounds horrible. like zero fun, right? Yeah. If I, I'd rather get drunk and pay for it on my couch. Yeah. You know? <laughs> you paid more in gas to get there than you're saving. So, Unless it, you take the bus. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, who wants to do that? Good God. No, no, Another no, no. way you can tell how well life's going if you can't remember <laughs> the last time you've been on a Greyhound bus. Yeah. <laughs> they, cause they talk about 1960 earlier. Uh, I, never, I remember there was a, a big old like trip to the casino Yes. Bus depot, like right off 40. Grand Tours or yeah. something, you know. And I, I, I took the park and ride for uh, about a year. I had this um, internship. I wasn't really an intern. It was like a temp job uh, in Greenway Plaza. And I mm-hmm. lived in the spring. So I would drive up to the park and ride and then take the bus into Houston. Nice. That was the way to do it because you look, sit there and read. Because fuck traffic. Oh, yeah. Sitting in traffic is hell. On yeah. 45 especially. Yeah, yeah. it's terrible. Because I, I was in Humble. I lived off 59 my whole life. And I was mm-hmm. just like, Isn't the freeway's never really that bad, you know? Yeah. Uh, your occasional uh, 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 fucking vehicle flip over a fire or something. But other than that, like... One of those Tiger Woods situations? It's, yeah. <laughs> all right. But it's smooth sailing most time on 59 all the way into the city. Yeah. Uh-huh. But 45 is like known as like... nightmare, man. You're fucked. Yeah. Count it on terrible. it. terrible. Yeah drivers can't handle a, like a little hill a little like bump in the road like they had to slow down yeah i cannot wait for driverless cars i will be an early adopter can't wait are they still building that like uh theme park in humble it's not yeah. in humble it's a little further north it's, a, it's in new canyon but that's actually still happening what i heard yeah. at least they're, they're still working on it it's but like, yeah, I'd, I'd have, like, I'd have cold like, feet if I was an investor right about now <laughs> 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 fuck this yeah they want out out they might want to take half of their rides and go to the pawn shop, get somebody to <laughs> trade that in, get some. Uh, uh, yeah, there's that water park there too that's finished. Last time? There's a water it's park. Always there been in there. Yes, in yes, I think there is one. I don't know if it's. Is it open already? Yeah, it's been. It was open. It opened in early, late 2018 or early 2019. You live kind of in that area, right? I live just. Kingwood? I live maybe like five miles away. I live just between King, right between Kingwood and Porter. Okay. What exit? Uh, 1314? 1314, yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. cool. Uh, neighbors there, guys. Mm-hmm. Not anymore. I got the fuck out of there, man. <laughs> oh, I'm tired of seeing all the same fucking people. I live in Spring. I live in Memorial. <laughs> Where's Memorial exactly? Memorial City's Beltway and I-10 nice. West. It's mm-hmm. on the west side of town. You, you know the, the Memorial City Mall and the fucking the yeah. big buildings with the uh, hospitals and shit? Yeah, I know exactly. Hotels Aza. Yeah, exactly yeah. Good God, Adam. Yeah, uh, I don't know. So Memorial City, we really, I'm never really aware of my surroundings. (laughs) Yeah, I'm kind of there with you. But uh, we lived in Memorial for a little bit. We, me and uh, Uraldi, we Mm -hmm. 
saved up like like coins. We're digging out a pin, uh, a piggy bank to save up for this deposit on this luxury apartment. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like eighteen hundred bucks a month. Ridiculous. What? Shit. <laughs> Stupid shit. How many bedrooms? Five. One. <laughs> it was the smallest. Like one bedroom they had. But we don't have any kids and we both had relatively good jobs. And I was like, we want to see, you know, what these Asian people live like. Want to see that Sun Tran life. Right. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> we're like the only, we, we're not Asian, but we're like the only Subaru who's there. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So that was a fun year, right? And then we were like, fuck this. And we went and got like a two story three bedroom house for like half of that and, and now we're in spring branch which is not as nice no but uh it's affordable and you know i live i live surrounded by old white ladies which is pretty safe not gonna, not gonna be a whole lot of drive-bys spring branch yeah. isn't that bad i just had some friends that moved there and they're they're enjoying it yeah you know it's it's not bad there are worse bad parts of town to live right. in if i've you lived will. here for years never had an issue I this think is what, not a good part of town this is probably isn't what happened was, I think, with Spring Branch specifically, is like maybe the youngins were, you know, pieces of shit, our age, if you will, and then they either grew up, moved out, went to jail, or like calmed down because yeah. these older generations, it just, it just seems like I'm surrounded by fucking old people. Yeah, they're taking, and they take Dude, care that's of themselves. That's the way to, I guess. Have you ever made friends with your neighbors? Yeah, a few times. Not, not all the time, but there's been a few times. It's like, I, whenever I do live at a house, I am shopping for a house right now. Oh, nice! And uh, I'm already regretting it. I'm. Like, well, I don't have like a my, lot to my, move. I feel like my realtor is trying to fuck me like, actively, like ruin my life. <laughs> oh, okay. I was going like, to be like, well, if, I you, if you need a good realtor, I got a recommendation for you. Oh, yeah, tell we'll, you later. we'll talk. We'll talk later. But like, I've never. I'm not a materialistic guy in general, and I travel light, obviously. Mm-hmm. But um, like for me, I just. Like, I guess because I grew up in a house. With five kids, uh, my mom didn't work. She raised, like, I was homeschooled. So she did oh, that shit. the whole time. You're, uh, like, well-adjusted for that. That's what I hear all the time, yeah. Yeah. Um, which I don't know if that's an insult or... He was, he was homeschooled, <laughs> was too, too, believe it or not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I kind of see it more on you. <laughs> <laughs> it's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. Uh, yeah, fuck you with your small hand joke, you prick. Um, but, yeah, so, like... We had never wanted for any, like we had, we never had, we always had plenty of meals. We ate out a decent amount. My dad was a firefighter, so he had a decent job, great retirement, but like, I just, we never bought, like, we never were extravagant with anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for some reason, it's, like, I'll, I'll buy clothes that, that are comfortable, but I'm not going to, like, I just have a hard time, like, I would have a hard time spending like $100 on a shirt. You're not going to go to Express to get jeans. No, definitely not. <laughs> yeah. I, I like to buy things that last. I don't mind spending money oh, on shit, <laughs> but no, no, I swear to God, like I'm, I'm not, I'm not buying designer, but I'll buy like Timberlands because right. I've had Timberlands before and they've lasted me like a decade. Yeah, I, I threw them away. How much those cost? Uh, almost two hundred. They've lasted you a decade. The These ones cost before me twenty. They've lasted me two and a half years. Good for you. I can. can you? I'm not saying there's one better no, than the other. No, I'm just saying. obviously I hadn't got me any ladies. So. I, can, I can. I can. I can hike. I can fight. I can. I can do a lot in these that you may not be able to do in those. You may I blow those out. I guarantee I can get into socks way quicker than you can. Probably. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> but but I, I, I agree with you. I was very uh, a minimalist. You mm. know, uh, my my apartment beforehand before uh, we moved in together, the 
the apartment like came like pre-furnished. She's mm-hmm. like, do you want this? I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm fucking it up. I don't care. Farting on the couch. Like, <laughs> it ain't mine. Like, and that's the way I liked it. I liked to like, used to travel light mm-hmm. and it, being shacked up, man, I'm getting like domesticated. And now like, I'm, I've accumulated these things and I'm like, I don't fucking need this. Like, yeah. it's, it's cool to have, you know, shoes or a baseball jersey from a team that I really don't support. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I kind of look at this shit sometimes like, I don't fucking want this. I don't need yeah. this. I don't so, like a whole lot of clutter. Like, I wish I... Right. I should, because I, I wouldn't bother me at all. Be like like those Bill Gates types or not Bill Gates, like Steve Jobs. Right? right. They just have one outfit and they just wear just that. I would be cool with that. It's not gonna like I said. It's not gonna get me any ladies, but no. you like, see me. Do, I have one out. I do not care about what what I wear at all, <laughs> um, which is not a good thing. You got to have some kind of style. Yeah, I, I this year I, I've decided I'm, I'm not spending money. Like we're saving money for a house. So like as far as like material shit, I'm not doing. It. I'll still gamble a little bit to get my kicks. Mm-hmm. But sports gambling or what are you gambling? Sports gambling. I used to I, love doing. Derek that. Lewis made me some goddamn money, boy. Yes. <laughs> But I, 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 we're still eating and saving, and I, I'm throwing some money in some stocks and shit. Like, I'm trying to be responsible about... Like, Did you invest in GameStop? Is that what you're no, talking about? No, 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 no. <laughs> AT&T. Yeah. Stable company? I'm, I'm playing the long game here, because mm. I'm, like, down a couple hundred bucks, but I'll probably make that up in dividends by the end of the year. There you go. So, I... I and that just scares me. I've never been around so many people who talk about stocks... It's, it's any trendy group. It is certainly trendy right now, but like yeah. there's a decent amount of comedians that invest. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, yeah. I, I'm the kind of person who like, look, I don't like learning something that I don't find fun. It's not. A, so I guess if you find it fun and if you're making money on it, then I could see doing it. But like I get home from work and I'm just like, I just want to fucking veg Last thing out, you want to do man. is look at graphs and exactly. charts. <laughs> uh, I think it's, healthy for your mental health uh to maintain a certain amount of like unenthusiasm about everything <laughs> then i'm the healthiest <laughs> motherfucker you've ever met <laughs> i got that in fucking spades right like, uh, uh, transgenders uh, shouldn't be playing sports uh, let them fight and it's like i'll watch it i don't give a fuck either way you know just leave me out of it i, I don't there's two sides yelling about whatever problem or you know and i'm just like I don't care enough to even comment mm-hmm. on things. And that's why I feel like uh, stocks. Didn't somebody say that you were at the March on the Capitol? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Blue uh, Lives Matter. Is that what I think? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, so, so the stocks, I feel like people that delve into it too, too much, like they don't have much else going on. Mm-hmm. And then maybe painting with a broad brush. I don't find it fucking fun. Yeah, I couldn't. I don't think I could ever find it fun, which is weird because I love gambling. But I I, I like gambling because it is kind of thought like it's kind of thoughtless. It's like it's kind of just like I don't have to do deep research or anything. It's just like I could I'm either going to win or I'm going to lose right now. And you can see that it's right there. It's in front of your face and it's somewhat in your control because you can place your money on a number or hit me or, you know, whereas with the graphs and the stocks, these are. These are things you don't understand. I uh, understand 21. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not to mention, if I like spit, like risked a lot of money or any amount of money, even if it was a little, and I found out I got fucked because there was some kind of insider trading or something like that, that would eat my lunch. Like, I had yeah. to stop playing fantasy football because I would be miserable if I made the wrong decision and put the wrong guy in. I would have won if I had just played this other guy. I've, that would 
like I wouldn't say ruin my week, but like, it would like it would ruin my afternoon. It would upset you so much that you just would rather stay away from. Yeah, it. yeah, and yeah, yeah. that's that's the way to go. Uh, I've never played fantasy football for the reason that I don't want to ruin football for me. It makes every game better. Really, in my opinion. it does. I'm looking at it from the point of view as like I'm a Texans fan. Maybe not next season, but yeah. <laughs> I'm a Texans fan. I want to root for the Texans. I don't want right. the Vikings to come into town and me rooting for this one running back. Well, you that's know what I mean? well. Think about it. So that, I agree with that, and I would never root against Texas, like even if I had money riding it. But here's what it does for you in that instance: it gives you a hedge. So, like, if your Texans are beating the shit out of that running back, you're like, hell yeah, the Texans are winning. That's what I really care about. But if the Texans are sucking a dick and this running back happens to be going off, you got like, like a, a silver. At least I'm lining. getting some points. Yeah. Exactly. It doesn't seem worth it. I like the sports gambling. No, it really does make the most uninteresting game fucking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Especially you do some crazy bets. Yes. <laughs> but um, it's a good time. So I don't know how, like, how long we've been, uh, this is, we got into this, but uh, Nathaniel is a comedian. How long have you been doing this? Six years. Six years. Yeah. How long have you been doing it well? Maybe two. I lost that again. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. No, I'm kidding. Nathaniel is one of the best comics in town. Thanks, uh, you've been getting on a lot of shows lately too, which is great. Yeah. I've, I've really noticed the... Uh, a change in in the tides mm-hmm. uh, is that a cliche saying? I like doing those, <laughs> but I've for too long I was doing like very like non secular one liners that were more clever than they were funny wordplay shit, and I was doing that for longer than I should have. I should have known like, hey, thing with real comics do, and here within the last maybe year or two, I feel like I've been writing things that like make sense, and they're just talking about funny things and tags and. And working on bits and adding to them and like getting a structured set together. And like, mm-hmm. I could have probably filled 30 minutes a couple years ago, like filled. Uh-huh. But now I feel like I can do 30 minutes. Nice. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's progress in my book. And like, like, uh, like you mentioned earlier, me not like upsetting any people or, or like everybody's got, you know, something decent to say about me or mm-hmm. nothing, which is fine. Uh, I don't want to get caught up and swept up in like the gossip and the, who did this or who slept with who or there was a gun pulled at fucking Rudyard's. It's like, give a fuck. Uh-huh. Like, I'm, I'm coming here. I'm going to do my stage time and I'm going to fucking leave. I got a day job and I got a woman and I got, I have priorities that don't involve making this comedy venture of mine high school. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So I never went to high school. I completed a thought. I'm proud of that. <laughs> and like, it really came full circle. There was an ending to it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I never went to high school. Whenever I, and I never really was any around any of that kind of environment. So until I got into comedy, and I'm like, this seems like I. I always thought like oh, I probably missed out on a lot not going to high school. So but I'm like, if this was if it was like this, fuck that. No, no, no. Uh, w- w- what's the uh, like like the inverse, the black hole, or the alternate universe where everything's mm. kind of reversed? Uh huh. Yeah. What, what's the term of it? What's the term for it? Y'all yeah. seem like nerdy. Parallel universe? Is that there you go. Yeah. All right, maybe that's you it. this point instantly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, I, I didn't know it. He knew it instantly. Sub- I am the less homeschool kid. <laughs> <laughs> proof, proof right there. Yeah. Comedy is the parallel universe, and like the geeks and like the outcasts are now the cool kids. Uh, that makes sense? Yeah. So the jocks are like married and have kids and like kind of don't fucking do this. And the yeah. ones that do, you can kind of tell. Uh-huh. Um, but it, it's just like, you can just say gender, and that's cool. <laughs> but, you pretty punk bitch. Put me on the right, you motherfucker. I'm kidding. You do whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing Harris's show. I'm anyway. treading lightly. I want to get on the riot. <laughs> <laughs> I, you haven't been on already? 
I, I want to say maybe once or no, twice. You want to get back on the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Talk about <laughs> unfortunate naming. Very few shows. Yeah, all right. God, he did that. He named that like right before. Wrong time. All these riots are going on. Good thing for him to sticking to it and not like backing off He already off does all it. the marketing stuff, like all the-, the he, he does well. I, I feel like he's one of the- businessman. Younger cats that like you saw- like he's got a shit going for him. He's not like living with his mother. You he's know? a multiple business owner. But he's actually, you know, uh, rewriting jokes and, and getting better and, and grinding and, yeah. and, and contributing back to the scene and making a show for uh, others to be right. on. Which I, Totally abandoning I'm, his kids multiple uh, days a week. <laughs> he's <laughs> but, got a depressed uh, wife at home, but yeah. he's killing it in comedy. This is this is why uh, Nathaniel's going to get on the show. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no like, he's I, way funnier than I am. But, uh, I really do respect uh, in, w- what he's doing. Uh, amongst others, there's a lot of young cats that I'm like, yeah, fucker's funny, you know. But who do you hate? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, you know, hey, I like that. Uh, so, as somebody who, like you said, the highs when you kind of keep your distance a little bit, are you at least seeing what's going on and having like you and your all y'all talk about it? Like, like oh man, oh yeah, we should all of this, y'all. Like, I can see this all going terribly here in a minute. Yeah, I mean, we have our own, you know, private discussions about who's good and who's not, and um, but I'm I'm here to get better, and she's here to help me get better and see my progress. Because the last thing you want is to be dragging a girlfriend along to these open mics that you're consistently bombing at, oh. and you're like holding on to this dream that's not going to come true, and she's like aching for babies. So, uh-huh. um, I, I don't think I answered your question. <laughs> no, it's like uh, you're seeing, you're talking about it. Y'all have like a kind of a team aspect that nobody else in the scene really has i don't think like henry and his alex i think her name is yeah had that kind of dynamic a little bit but they like i think she kind of kind of went into the, the background she stopped coming out a whole lot and then COVID hit and everyone started stopped coming out yeah I, she just we like enjoy spending time together so i if i'm we're both at work eight hours a day right and then at night it's like i'm doing shit like this like she likes to tag along just because she she's not sitting be- in the car is she <laughs> I rolled down a window. Dog. Yeah, <laughs> left some like ritz open for yeah. him. But uh, no, nah, I, I sometimes I wanna I wanna have my time and, and, and drive with the windows down and the music up and and just be alone and in my zone. And that's oddly when I have the best shows. But really, <laughs> uh, no, nah, it's it's good to have a partner in like in this. You know what I mean? Because it can get lonely. I know you know. It, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of fucked up out there. But one thing, like, so when the few times I have been dating when I was doing comedy, I would always encourage them not to come because, Robert, it won't be that much fun for you. We won't be able to, because I like, whenever I go on a date, I want to be able to talk to that person. I'm a social, like a social, I'm a talker. Hmm. Um, And that's why I don't go to a ton of movies with dates. I'm like, what's the point? What's the point of this? Um, but uh, we would go to the other. Like, you're not gonna be. We're not gonna be able to talk. Yeah, I'm gonna be paying attention to the comedy because I'm. Like, I still have a hard time because there is comedy. If you're really good, that's all. That's all you need to worry about to a large extent. If you're kind of eh, you're gonna need to do. You're gonna be need to work on it, and you need to socialize a little bit if you want to get on any shows and stuff like that. I am terrible at the networking side of things because I like watching comedy. So mm-hmm. I like. I want to sit there and and watch somebody's jokes, and I can see in certain sets. Tons of times, for some reason, I'm like, well, maybe they'll do something different tonight. And yeah. it's probably a waste of time. But plus, whenever you're about to go up, like, I'm not going to be able to talk to you at all. I'm focusing on, I know it seems like I don't focus on my sets at all. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, 
Nah, I, the, for one, your, your partner has to be a good audience member. You don't want the person, because once they first get there, you, you see how they react to it. Are they constantly clapping and wooing and being mm. like a little too supportive? Hey, fucking calm down. This yeah. is a Wednesday. Like, yeah. <laughs> we'll do this next week and you're not going to be clapping as much. Yeah. So are, are they a, a, a well-behaved crowd member? Uh, does he or she get it? Like, okay, he's looking at notes. I'll just Facebook or fuck off. You mm-hmm. know, it's, it's not a great date night. Right. If you're established like her and I are, mm-hmm. then it's just spending time. It's just being near each other. It's not right. a date. Uh, but it's helped me because she's she's made me realize shit that I wasn't seeing or that I wasn't doing. You know what I mean? Like she looked, she's like your Miss Maisel at the beginning of the show. Did you watch that show? Am I Miss Maisel in this? No. She, well, well, y'all can both be Miss Maisel. I don't give a shit. But, but <laughs> have you ever watched the show? I haven't. So I've like, heard good things. It's a good. The first season's great. That's what he has. Uh, but the first couple of uh, episodes, like her husband is trying to do stand up comedy, and she's like the perfect comedy wife because she would go to his shows she would like like um talk to the bookers get get her husband's uh, like better stage time and then she would also take notes on his, his set and like give her give him uh, her notes afterwards right. so i was like does she does you're all does she do that to where she's like yeah that joke's not really hitting not so much but it, it all hits. It, it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't have that problem. No, <laughs> it's more of a like like an umbrella, if you will. It, it's a, it's more broad. So she's like, "Yo, you're drinking too much. You, mm. You're going to Mike's and and you're getting drunk, and then you're not able to focus or or, or do the work part of it. This is uh-huh. more of a hang. So once that cut out, that was you know more of that. And then it's like you're going to open mics and you're not trying out enough new shit, right? And it's like. Huh, there you go. All mm-hmm. right. And I start feeling bad because hey, I'm wasting her time. This is mm. something I'm investing in for our future, one way or the other, be it a, a spare change or a fucking like a, a living. Right. Like, and, and I don't want to waste either of our times. And mm. so, so she's been a very good uh, coach, if you will. Mm-hmm. Not so much a hands on. Sure. Uh, but she writes all of his jokes. Not everyone. That's of what I'm getting out of this. I'm <laughs> reading between the lines. No. <laughs> she is. Uh, She's really cool. She's like, and she's she's liked by all the other comics too. She had, y'all have y'all for some maybe it is because y'all are kind of so chill, like and the, we don't talk to people. <laughs> <laughs> if they knew us, they'd hate us yeah. at all. <laughs> that could very well be. Uh, That's the only reason her parents like me is because they don't speak much English. Hola, hola, buenos días. Like, cómo estás? Oh, bien, okay. Adios. That's it. That's- <laughs> so, how did y'all meet? No, we, we talk more than that. Um, high school. I would. I, I thought she was cute. She wasn't nothing but, you know, a, a, a pretty face and, like, sticking bones. She, she was very skinny, and she was uh, a year under me. And, like, there was something there, but she came up in a very, like, her parents were married and they're still married, and, like, her dad wouldn't let her do shit like, like a good dad. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and I, I was, it was right after my dad left. Mm-hmm. So I was a fucking hoodlum. I was running the streets and stealing my mom's car and smoking and drinking and, you know, and being a hood rat. So I wasn't ready for a good girl. I wanted a girl from a, a problem. I wanted, uh, you know, I wanted a girl that seen some shit. Yeah. And, but I would like walk her to class, you know? Uh, so you, I would I would walk her to her class and then like the tardy bell would ring 
Yeah. And she was like, oh, you're going to be late. I was like, that's cool, you know? And she was into gangster shit like that. <laughs> 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 and, and we kept in contact. And I was like, I was trying to get her to come to shows, uh-huh. you know, as a way into like, you know, hey, come see how bad I am at this thing I like doing. So like, y'all broke, y'all stopped. So you never yeah, dated. Never dated in high school, but that's okay, how we cool. met in high school. Okay, and like, okay. there was a little tension there, but it never uh, came to fruition. And then she went off to college in Austin. And while I was there, I would send her a DM every now and then, just kind of, you know, staying and like keeping the coals. Yeah. Going, right. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Ain't got to be a burning flame, yeah. but keep, keep it lit. <laughs> and I think she came back. Her first comedy show was Friday Night Funny at Laugh Town. Remember when Traffic? That was before Premium my Lounge? time. Oh, shit. Before. I mean, Stephen Padilla <laughs> ran that. I know I'm way older than you. Doesn't mean I've been doing comedy longer. Right. <laughs> so I invited her to one of the Friday Night Funnies, and they were doing this every Friday. Uh-huh. And she came to one that I wasn't on. It was either a week before or a week after. And she brought a date. She brought a dude to the show that I wasn't <laughs> on. Thankfully. Yeah. Right? That would have fucking killed me. Did she like, know you were there? I invited her to my show as a, as like I'm trying to get in. You know, this is my in. Yeah. You know, it seemed And uh, she brought a date? Fucking power move. It's <laughs> fucked up, right? She may have been calculated. The level of respect just, just went through the roof. Just waving the coaches. <laughs> hey, you can't have this. Yeah. Respect. So, luckily that didn't happen. And that's how you got hooked. But from that, like, she made an effort. However shitty that effort may have been. She made an effort to come out. And then shortly thereafter, I got her to uh, on a date. And we went dancing. To live nice. music, which was like, I fucking went out, dude. I, I got a, a reserve table, came with a cheap bottle of champagne, looked like a baller in Damn, his bed. Nice. You remember my bar? It was ran by yeah. Spike Miller and Andrew Dicker, and then maybe Rich Williams. Oh, no, no, no. I thought I know the, I've heard the, I know that place, but I never. Uh... Okay, so that's where we went. It was a live the Hano band, and she's Guatemala, and I'm Mexican. Danced her fucking pants off, and and that's what got her. And I don't dance. All right? Yeah. I dude, tr- no, the bar for men. And dancing is insanely low because, like, I've always danced. I, I not, right. not like I'm good at it, but like, I have fun. And girls yeah. love a guy who are just willing to even put, try put the effort. It. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's such a. I don't want to shit on it because, it, but it's an easy thing to do. Just let go. Be goofy. Right. Be yeah. funny. Honorous, yeah. So, Stop worrying what everyone else is thinking about because right. they don't give a shit about. They're not even looking at you. Just have a good time. Yeah. yeah. And um, so what happened? Well, I like I, I don't. I know how to dance. I grew up dancing, but it was never like, let's go dancing. Me and my boys, we're going dancing. Yeah. Like, you know, like, no girls tonight. Right. It's Just boys dancing. night. <laughs> so, but I, we don't dance a whole lot after there, but afterwards, after, you know, I hooked her. So I kind of like, I, I Trojan horsed her, yeah. you know, by the time she found out what it was, I was already in there. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, Savvy move. Yeah. That'll teach her to bring a date to a comedy night. <laughs> Who's the captain now? Right. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, she. So you know, you, uh, that was the reason I asked that. Not to interrupt. But like, that was the reason I asked, like, how where y'all met, where when you're dating. So she didn't date you till you were already a comic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think I've been doing this for six years. We will be together for five on St. Patrick's Day. 
Nice. So it's about time to shit or get off the pot, right? <laughs> man, I was I was asking uh, somebody I respected. I was like, man, what? Clearly not me. <laughs> Fucking read between the lines. Me and Mark. Call. We know each other. Yeah. I was talking to Mark, asking Mark what he, <laughs> <laughs> what he thought about marriage. Uh-huh. And he said, uh, well, uh, the divorce rate in America is 50%. So it's either going to work or it ain't. Yeah. And that didn't help at all. It's not very. What's the alternative? I think. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't want to be one of those guys that has like like a ten year girlfriend. We get married now that like she's not fertile anymore. You know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or have kids out of wedlock. I don't waited this long. So. Wait. What's the like, what? What's the worst? You say divorce rate fifty percent. Who cares? No, it's got to be that other fifty. It was a poor attempt at a new joke I'm working on. You really like that joke? No, I, uh, yeah, shocker. <laughs> well, I mean, that's uh, why he's here by himself tonight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now you know why she's pissed off. Yeah, um, she had some notes on that one. <laughs> yeah, can scratch it. Um, I, I don't. Did you ask me a question? Because I feel like I've once again. Uh, got off. Uh, it's like um, I, I don't. I don't talk about marriage, but uh, but that's cool that y'all met after you were doing comedy. So that shows that she actually, you know, didn't have to. I, I feel like it'd be weird if you met somebody that had never done comedy and then started, and then they started. They'd be like, yeah. okay. See, she got to see me at least being comfortable on stage. Like mm. I, I had already been like, all right, and, and I have a routine. You know, bad as it was. Like, at least he knows what he's doing to an extent. Mm. And then she's able to see the growth in it. If you're starting from, like, ground zero, it's a lot of, like, like, like pity sex. You know what I mean? <laughs> After open mics. It's just like, eh, you still got me. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, how long, like, so you mentioned you talked about you used to do, like, kind of one-liners. Mm-hmm. And then you started doing more, like, longer bits. So, like, what would you say, like, do you refine your jokes from... Like writing them, listening to them, and and then and changing them up, or my, my how critical are you are you of your your sets when you get off stage? I uh, initially not very like like thoughts and, and and bits have to stick with me, and I normally try them out m- more times than I should, but I can tell pretty quickly if it's working or it's not, and, mm. and I will revise them. As I go out. So you may hear me start a bit at an open mic that's like, oh, I've heard this before, but there's new shit coming onto that. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And it's all very punchy. It's all still very jokey and, and one-liner-esque, but I've found a way to weave it together that doesn't make it seem like I'm, I'm fucking Mark Normand or uh-huh. um, another one-liner guy, uh, Mitch Andy Hedberg Huggins. or Andy Huggins. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Because I don't like that. I like to have... Uh, something to say about a particular subject, mm-hmm. but I want it to be consistently funny. You right, know what I mean? Right. Um, but yeah, and no, I've uh, so we earlier we were talking about comics who are a little bit delusional, and you were going to say something about that. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. My opinion on it may like upset some people. I just feel like a, do you do you stay on like by yourself? You got your own place. Yeah, I got my own house. Okay. You're a grown-ass man. Yeah. This is kind of the way I think about it. In, in, those, in those terms, like, if, if you're doing this and it's hindering your ability 
to live on your own, like in like a grown adult, like, yeah. like switch shit around, do right. something different. I, I don't know. Cause I've been on my own since I was like 18. Mm-hmm. I, I've either lived with someone or had my own place. Like I wasn't at my parents. So when, when you talk to some of these guys and you find out they live with their parents, it's just like, maybe I shouldn't, maybe it's shitty of me, but I feel like I lose a little bit of respect for them. Is that wrong of me? I mean, I, 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 I understand where you're coming from. I it, really do. Cause I, I moved out when I was 18. Yeah. I've lived with like other people and stuff. And there was a time where like, I moved back to my parents for like a year and then moved back out. But I've always been like, I want to like make a name for myself. I want to make mm. myself into something or someone. And obviously the generation, you know, after you, after me is a lot different. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of, I mean, obviously there's benefits in my opinion, to working hard and figuring out who you are and becoming something. And if you want to do something, at least for me, I've always understood that I can't get everything I want. Right. But if I work really hard, I can usually go a long way. Yeah. I, I've, I don't want to come off like, like judgmental. Cause right. I know everybody's got a different situation and yeah. everyone's got different things going on. Like, right. but if you're just doing open mics and, and working some, shitty like close to minimum wage type right. job and you're like 26 right like, like you're almost at that age where you need to do something shake some shit up like i don't I, know I, I feel a certain way about it I, but someone going to college is right. a different story well, that, and no, that is a different story but like i'm i'm a realist i i look at things from like i try and look at things from like a realistic perspective i growing up i'm, I'm a guitar player so i've been playing guitar since i was 15 and I love music. I've always wanted to be in a band and get paid to be in a band and tour and do stuff like that and release music. But I always knew, even from the time I was 15, the odds of becoming successful at that are very small. You mm. can be the most technically proficient guitar player. You can be a super gifted guitar player, and you can never get outside of your city. You can just only play gigs in your city. Right. And... I understood that. And there was plenty of times where I like, I built my own recording studio. I made my own CDs and albums and everything never went anywhere. And I always had that little bit of hope like, Oh, this is something I would love to do. But I knew the odds of it happening for me aren't in my favor. So I'm going to do other things. So I've had times where, you know, I was like, you know what? I really want to do this, but I also need to be responsible and pay my own bills and take care of myself. And I, at least in my opinion, I kind of agree with you along the lines. It makes me a little bit sad to see some people living in a fantasy land where they think, well, I can do this. And I'm like, you technically can, but the odds are not in your favor. What are you going to do 10 years from now? If that doesn't work out, where are you going to be in 10 years when you're 35, 40, 45 years old and you're like, Oh, I'm not going to make it in comedy or I'm not going to make it in music. And I never did anything. I didn't get a job. I didn't work my way into a career. Even if you did get a college degree, but then you never did anything with it. You're then 40, 45 and you're like, Oh, now I need an entry level job and you don't want to get an entry level job. Yeah. You, you, you've built no stairs to step up. You have to make something of yourself. Right. No matter what you do. I, uh, I had something to say about that. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> I don't mind. So the, I don't mind those people as much. I mean, they're fucking themselves long, in the long run. Yeah. But as long as they're funny, I'd rather have people that are delusional about their ability to be huge, but are still funny than people who have their, have their personal, their, their, I don't know, personal life, but their career all together, all figured out. And then they go out because they, 
they think that they need something new, some new adventure, which I know this kind of describes a little bit what I, my personal journey, mm. but people who do that and consistently bomb miserably. Yeah. I'm like, what I, I, are you seeing going well here? This should be making you up. Like, how is this helping your ego or your, <laughs> yeah. your week to week life? This, I've, this would make me depressed if I was you. I've considered like stopping doing this and I've gotten like, okay at it not not so much so that i'm like i've thought about the idea of it Mm. you know what i mean yeah you ever thought about the idea of suicide but you're not (laughs) suicidal i know what you mean (laughs) technically (laughs) it's like it's not for me but i get it (laughs) there might be a joke there yeah (laughs) so with that said, like, because I've made this progress, like, I have something to look back on and be mm-hmm. like, people are starting to, like, say things like, one of the best comics in the city. Right. Or, 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 or give me pats on the back that I feel like I've earned to some degree. Not, right. I, I, I try, like you, I'm a realist. I try to keep my ego as in check as I possibly can because right. I know I can listen to people talk about me for days. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just, so I try to keep that in check so much so that, like, I got a I got a healthy attitude in going to this where it's like I'm I'm not high on my own you know fart you know what right, I mean like yeah. I, my shit does stink I can always get better and right. I put six years into this mm-hmm. if I if I wasn't getting booked on shows it'd be a fucking problem uh-huh. in, in my opinion you know right, right. but enjoy the journey live sure, with your mom yeah. or what the fuck ever like you're doing something you enjoy doing someone uh, said like. Create things. You don't have to get paid for them. Fucking write a rap. Write a poet. Fucking paint. Give a fuck. Like, enjoy life. So, at the very least, you can say you've been paid for your thoughts before. You've learned how to play guitar pretty well. And that's that's something to be said because a lot of people sit on their fucking couch and waste away their Sundays drinking cheap beer and watching football. (laughs) And and that's that's not fucking cool, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's fun. It's definitely fun to get make somebody laugh on stage. It's yeah. fun to have written a joke that gets a, a a laugh. Sure, I would think the same to write write some music or even play some music. It's fun to create something yeah. and have somebody else enjoy it, no matter what it is. Right. But I, I completely agree with you. So if I was, you know, like, like boy, this is a, a funny certain, segment, uh, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is, you know, it's interesting. No, but, yeah. So like, if you're not getting better, uh, you're not getting, you're not progressing, you're not getting booked more or whatever. After a certain point, I don't know what that point is. It's like, what are you getting out of this? Like, is it, like, and I've seen people who I know for a fact have been around way longer than I have that I, they tell the exact same set every time. And it's not a spectacular one. Like, if you had like this killer five minute set and you just liked hearing laughs and, mm. you liked, and you would just do the same thing every time, that would be one thing. It'd be understandable. I would still think that you would get bored of it. But there are people that would tell awful sets never over get and over again and still go out and do it. I'm like, yeah. what are you like? What are they getting out of that? Are they just trying to get out of the house? I think so. Some people do it for the hang. Mm. Some people do it just to be out and about because they'd be miserable at their own little apartments mm-hmm. if it weren't for this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Some people just have no self-awareness. That too. That's that's the thing. Like I feel like I, I I'm aware in my abilities, but I don't see how I'm portrayed on stage sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, do I do I look like a like a thug? Do I look like a essay? Do I look like a white boy? Like I've I've I don't know how I'm seen by others. Tomball. 
Tom here yeah, I am. Tom <laughs> well, anywhere in this area. But I know what I'm capable of. Yeah. I know I can control this crowd for a certain amount of time if things are going well. You, you know get, what I mean? You get big laughs. If you yeah. tell the joke right, right and people are paying attention, it's going to work most of the time. Yeah. 60% of the time, it works Every most time. of the time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm I'm really proud to like have done this because I was talking about it for years. Like since like a, a mid teenager, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think the first thing I discovered, I didn't have any older brothers or cousins. It was like me and my sister, mm-hmm. so I didn't discover things on my own much that were like cool things. Mm-hmm. But then I was watching Comedy Central, found out Mind Dementia, which was terrible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I enjoyed it, you know, and it was like my thing. And then I wanted to watch him when he came to town. And that was my first comedy show was Carlos Mencia, No Strings Attached Tour at the Toyota Center. Mom bought me tickets for my birthday. Nice. And he was fucking hacky. His closer (laughs) was him and his whitey tighties humping the stool. Like, (laughs) and in a weird way, I was like, I can do that. (laughs) (laughs) But that's I can fight my uncle in my underwear. (laughs) I can hump hump a stool in my underwear. (laughs) (laughs) So, so in front like that, that's a weird realization moment. <laughs> <laughs> Things come full circle, don't yeah. they? Uh, but it took me, you know, five, six years to muster the nuts to like, f- like Google comedy stage time in Houston and, and, and go out there. And I took mm-hmm. two friends, uh, Matt and Lexi. And, and even while I was there, signed up and I was like, yo, it's go time. I was like, I, I, I don't have to do it. We'll do it next week. And he's like, no, fucking go. Nice. And I did it and I knocked it out. I sucked. But I got, I got I popped my cherry. And mm. then you do one of two things, right? Either you get bit by the bug and you become crazy about it. Mm. Or you're like, I did this thing that I said I was going to do. I don't like it as much as I thought I did. And, and you get rid of it, which is sure. cool. But you experience. You, <laughs> life needs to be filled with it. You don't need material possessions, but like experience things. Go and right. see shit. Meet people. Shake hands. Kiss babies. Maybe yeah. yours. But... <laughs> <laughs> I, I was I was going to therapy for a little bit, which I, I wasn't a fan of, but oh, I hate it because it felt like I was a bowling ball and the therapist was just the fucking bumpers. You know what I mean? He was just able to help me get down to like where I was going to get anyway. Was this therapy, like a therapist like really big on uh, analogies? Have I done that a lot? No. <laughs> I don't you listen sure you're to, not a therapist? I don't listen to myself talk. Just, that was some Matthew McConaughey Lincoln commercial shit. <laughs> Life's like a bowling alley. You know, you know the ball in this. You ever, you ever been in a Lincoln and you flip it? Yeah. <laughs> you got his guardrails, though, you know? You're still on exactly. the highway, brother. It still ends up being <laughs> a strike. Doesn't matter if it hits a couple of the rails. Yeah. Uh, but it, it just felt like I was going to get there eventually. He just helped. I, I, didn't, mm. I, I expected more from a therapist. But in that, I realized, I even told him, I was like, comedy for me, as much as I put into it, is a vehicle for me to feel emotion, mm-hmm. be it uh, working at something and having it work or not work, uh, meeting people, feeling sad, feeling on top of the world, uh, and, and you know, throw a wide range of other emotions into that umbrella of like, this is able to help me become more of a, an adult or a human, you know, more mm-hmm. textured. Right. Comedy allows me to do that. Which, without, I wouldn't be able to grow as such. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's a very healthy way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, the, uh, the therapist is like, 
bullshit. Uh, <laughs> stop you, fighting people in your underwear. This is not a excuse. <laughs> I've seen your YouTube videos. You need me. You don't need comedy. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you remember like the first joke you, you tried at that open yes. mic? The very. I remember the first one. It worked. That's uh, what was it? I tried to stop smoking weed and start running, and, and ended up running to my weed man's house. <laughs> Yeah, that was the first one that worked. I also talked about, uh, I used to box. I played a lot of sports, mm -hmm. but uh, boxing was one of them that I was, you know, okay at. And my trainer, a guy named Frank, Mexican dude, uh, a, a handful of silver teeth that were like in the front of his face. You know? yeah. So he had money. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry curl, curly fucking hair. Not like Puerto Rican kind of black hair. Yeah. This was like, like moist like <laughs> curls, <laughs> porn stash nice. and kind of like had the frame of a recovering uh cocaine addict so <laughs> very skinny frail <laughs> his skin was leathery like he'd seen a lot of sun you know that's frank and did frank you pick this coach <laughs> <laughs> like i'll have that one frank was an asshole he but he was a discount. <laughs> 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 he, <laughs> he was a good coach but he was just he was uh, abrasive uh-huh. And he had a fucked up hand though. I don't know from what. Probably not boxing, but uh -huh. he had a fucked up hand. And it just the analogy I made was like I had a boxing coach with a fucked up hand. He's sitting there trying to teach me how to jump rope. He can't hold the thing. <laughs> <laughs> like you ever have a soccer coach is in a fucking wheelchair? He's like, kick the ball like this. He's like <laughs> Well, I was making these jokes, and they weren't working because act outs not weren't my thing. Mm -hmm. You know, but I, I went up there with that a... That was Carlos Mencia's thing, though. You know, that's my idol. Uh, no, I, um, I'm i just glad I, I got it out of the way and then you know, I made it to this point. You know, because sticking with shit's tough. He, we were talking about a girl named Addie Anderson. You remember Addie? Before my time. Heavy white girl. Like, she was big. She, you know, she was, uh -huh. and she was a little overweight, but she was very cheery and, and, and short blonde hair and she played guitar. Did she go to Austin? I, I feel like this girl has come back to Houston. I may have seen her. Point being is that you see people that you enjoyed their comedy and then they just kind of fade into the abyss. Mm. And it's like, fuck, dog. Like, I don't want that to be me. It's not so much my identity, but it's like, I don't want to be one of those. What happened to Nathaniel? You know what I mean? Right. Uh, at least not until you get to like a certain level to where you're like, I've at least achieved this and then... If you, if you lose, I feel, I feel like unless you lose passion for it, as long as you're going up and you're getting better, mm. why would you quit? Because like, I'll be, I have a full-time job. Comedy does not take up that much time. If you want to progress slowly, that's one thing that would always annoy me, especially early on, because I didn't know how hard it was to write a good joke, because mm. um, I just wrote all bad ones. Uh, but, Used to. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but um, I would go out to these mics and I would sign up, get bumped like crazy. And, um, and I would see these people that, that I had met and I, I knew that they had, they didn't work. They just, they live with their folks. They were trying comedy full time and they were trying the same jokes over and over and over and over again. I'm like, dude, what do you do with your time? Like right. if you have, you have an extra minimum 50 hours in your week or 40 to 50 hours putting it to this. What yeah. The, you're fucking off. Yeah. Well, like, yeah. so how seriously are, take, are you yeah. taking this? Um, but that would always uh, frustrate me because 
if you have all that extra time, if you say you're a full-time comedian, that's what you're doing, you better be like hard, like taking notes, getting better, trying to get booked. But I feel like there's people who they do comedy, quote unquote, full time, mm. but they're not doing it full time. They're doing playing video games or hanging out, and then they go out and do their set. But that's just, just the way of saying they don't have a job, right? There's there's an effort that goes into it, and it starts at a very basic level. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting out there, getting bumped, and just willing to like stay out until one thirty in the morning, and then wake up at six seven to go to your day job, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and, and that, that's where it starts. I had a a friend of a friend. He was a came out to see a show, and then he told his friend who he knew was a big comedy fan and wanted to do comedy. Mm-hmm. Dude came out to a couple mics. And was you know trying shit out and did his time and then I was like, hey, you coming out to this or that? Just keeping up, keeping in touch. Because uh, I was I was happy to help kind of guide him and keep him away from some of the early traps and stupid sure, shit. Sure, like, sure. I enjoyed that. But he had said, oh, he's coming from Humble. He's like, mm. oh, the drive in and da da da. I was like, you ain't got it. Yeah, you ain't got it. I was coming from Humble. I was yeah. doing that shit. Freaking Hornstein <laughs> comes from League City. Really, Ochoa. Yeah. Co- yeah. Comes from further. Yeah. <laughs> I respect the shit out of that hustle. That's where it starts is the effort to like suffer mm-hmm. and, and get out there and t- tell your shitty jokes. You're saying five minutes for a year, but like you have enough heart to like stick with it and, and, and endure. Right. Um, and, and then th- there's levels to that effort, right? Now you got to start writing a five minute set and then compound that to a 10 minute set and like and start talking with other comics. Mm-hmm. And I took the avenue of like booking shows. Mm-hmm. And it didn't. It, there was like, like you a, were booking shows, or you were getting on shows. I wanted to book shows. I I, I didn't want to, but that's kind of what it became. Mm-hmm. And, and not like in a Jesse Payton fashion, where like I'm going to get all these rooms and fill up my my own calendar. Like right. you know, respect the hustle, but that wasn't my. That dude's a one of a. He's one of a kind. That wasn't my goal. How he does that. I, I it, what what I wanted to do is I want to get out to Victoria, Texas because that's where my dad's family is and we're you know fairly close and they were very supportive. I wanted to see mm. a show. Booked a show with like John Wessling and, and someone else. Like I fucking knocked it out of the park on right. a very small budget. I think I lost money doing these shows. <laughs> but the flyer was good. The crowd was there, well, crowds were there and I, got, I learned how to host and I also got acquainted with people who were professionals mm-hmm. in doing this. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. So you'll get acquainted with a lot that aren't. All right, you'll right. discover that real <laughs> yeah, quick. Yeah. How, how do you find out who you know uh, Billy D. Washington is? Or how, how do I go fucking pay him to yeah. come see you? Yeah. Right. Or like, and, and, but that was a way to showcase myself as well. Mm-hmm. I got these ten minutes that I'm proud of, and I'm doing it in front of an audience of my family who are gonna cheer me on. I ain't getting booed at my own show, uh-huh. and that became like this is a, an avenue to make money in this. Mm-hmm. And obviously I'm not trying to milk my, my family. Like, but you find ways to, to drum up an audience and keep a good show going. And now you have a comedy income. Right. And some of these full-time comics don't want to do that shit. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, I would say the 90% don't want to do that shit. And I'm sure they have the reasoning, but and from a financial point of view, like this needs to make money yeah. sometime or another. And this is a way to do it. You're good enough to fucking host your own show and let others do the heavy lifting. Fucking do it. hundred yeah, percent. See, that goes back to the point we were making earlier. That's, that's a huge advantage you have is like, you're a real, like you're, you're 
saying you're grounded in reality. Uh, I feel like a lot of people on the scene aren't, which I go, I'm not judging, but like, it's like they're, if they stop for 10 seconds to think about it, they be like, Oh, I need to do this, this, and this, if I want to make some money or, or whatever. And I think a lot of people don't care about the money, which is fine. I mean, if you should enjoy the, the doing it, then by yeah, all means, one motherfucker got to eat though. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> if you're going to try to make it a full time thing, you better be out there hustling. I, I, I think oh, one of the first shows I had, uh, that was like a, a, book, a show that I booked. I had you on first Liberty maybe, station. No, no, I had, I had you on out big owls or whatever the fuck that thing was called. That sports bar that was a a nightmare uh, show um, off of Westheimer, Highway 6, Westheimer area. I don't recall, but we'll say yeah. Yeah, Yeah, sure. (laughs) Um, I I think I did three of them. I I know you had you on at least one of them. Um, But yeah, that for me, so I could could do that um, because of the business acumen side of things. And I have no problem. Like Bo Hernandez, like he, he... books all kinds of stuff because he goes out and he will go he'll approach a venue no problem he'll he's like he'll talk up the game he'll set it up he's very good at selling it yeah and um which is a very different skill set than writing jokes some people have both some people have one some people have the other uh but to have you need to have at least a little bit of um everything to be able to to survive on just comedy i think right well, you also have the willingness to get out of your fucking comfort zone. Mm-hmm. You know, I've never sold anything in my life. I didn't want to be a waiter when I was young. I wanted to be a cook because I didn't have to sell shit. I didn't have to deal with these people. I make my little eight fifty an hour. Here's a chicken Alfredo. Bam. There you go. Get the fuck away. And, and that was I, I never wanted to like have to depend on someone else for my income. I don't ain't trying to sell shit. So when I started pitching at a venue, mm-hmm. uh, I think my Uncle Joe helped me out on the first one. He did. Shout out Joe Herrera. Badass uncle. Dude's dope. But He'll hear this for sure. Yeah, no, no. I'm <laughs> fucking sending this in his DM. I talk good about you, goddammit. Uh, but eventually I got to do it on my own and sell it. And I was like, hey, I can do this. I know comics better mm-hmm. than I am. And, and it will make money. This will be a mutual, mutually beneficial thing. Mm-hmm. And then it worked out. A few, I knocked it out the park. You're going to ask whoever I booked, be it... Uh, uh, a Doug Dalton or a Trey Tutson or most people have good things to say about the shows I run. Mm-hmm. And I take pride in that because I don't want to be the dude that's booking these hell gigs that pay okay, you know? Um, For sure. That was the one thing, and it was kind of like the fantasy football thing that would it would, it would bother me more than it should have. Because um, I would do these shows and I would put so much time and yeah. trying to, I just, just get a good crowd there. I don't need any money. I'll put it all into the, the people on the show. I'll spend every money, all, every dollar on advertising. I just want to get the show there. And if you get to there that night, you put up posters. I went to the fucking mall on Highway Six in Westheimer, put up fucking posters, <laughs> and uh, and then the, the attendance was like, eh. And yeah. I'm like, that. I'll be like, what the fuck. And I'm here feeling bad for the comics that I'm paying because. I wanted to have them to have a like. I wanted to have a good show, mm. and sometimes you put in all that effort and it doesn't work out. Yeah. That was it's defeating, fr- yeah, extremely mm-hmm. defeating. And I was like, I would, you know, I could get better at this, at this right. skill set, but I don't think I would want to. Like, if I just was being like a booker in in comedy, that wouldn't be satisfying for me. I'd rather be, yeah, I'd rather get less stage time. 
and not have to deal with that massive headache. Mm. But then again, I think I made it a headache in my own mind. It didn't have to be a headache. It, right. I could have stuck with doing that and and gotten the hang of it because I don't know what Jesse Payton does to get all these people to all these shows. He's fucking He's, cracked the code. I don't yeah. know what it is. Maybe it's his that poker network is just super tight <laughs> and they all love comedy or or this guy's a master marketer. Like, it's like yeah. I don't know how he does it. I've always been realistic in my abilities to draw because I'm not a draw. You know what I mean? N- nobody in Houston other than Jesse Payton. No, no, that's not true. That's but, not. Chinadu is a draw. How, uh, many times, how many times have you seen him on a show, though? I've booked him a couple times. He doesn't get out and do open mics, but he doesn't have to. He has a built-in crowd, and he mm. puts on a show. I've never, like, seen, I've never seen this guy in person because he doesn't have to right fair it, it but the what am i trying and he's to say? a youtube phenomenon youtube facebook he has his own audience mm-hmm. uh i guess that's two people out of like the 200 there are draws uh Kanis nana uh, uh, jeff shelley uh barry laminac is a draw uh, in his own right he may not draw like a chinna do, but I've a, I've booked Barry and people radio have, people crowd. have came out to see Barry. Drove down from fucking Dallas to see Barry. Mm-hmm. Like there are draws in Houston. <laughs> they can they be, cheap. yeah, because they've uh, they've they have that audience to bring. But I've booked Barry multiple times, and once you develop that relationship, you might get a break. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So yeah, I don't normally do this. I've I've done that. He, he said he wouldn't feature in town. It's like I'll, I'll headline, but he featured for me. Uh-huh. Like that's because he doesn't talk very much. I don't know. Yeah, he hears this. He's gonna quit doing that shit. <laughs> but, he uh, was speaking of him, super dude for doing that workshop. There's not improv. enough people doing like real nice things like. That. Yeah, exactly. I was like, he's doing this out of this, the kindness of his own heart, basically. I wanted, and to it was it. super helpful because I started doing that when I first got. Grow- Going on, yeah. I have notes. Very informative, very helpful. And I think he did it uh, out of his own pocket. Mm-hmm. What I wanted to say about the running your own shows, even as a professional, in my mind, and this is from the outside looking in, the, the idea may be different from the reality. But I feel like if you're working a weekend at a joke joint or an improv or whatever in fucking Wisconsin, once you come back to home base in Houston, it'd be real fucking helpful to have an open mic on a Wednesday when you ain't doing shit anyway that pays you a hundred bucks. Yeah. Like it would add to the income. Cause if you do a hundred bucks every Wednesday for a full year, it's, it's what, 5,200 bucks more mm-hmm. in your pocket? Like, you know, and you do that enough different days or showcases, you can put yourself in a different tax bracket. Yeah. And so in my mind, running your own shit uh, to some capacity is a necessary evil in being a professional. Comedian. Yeah. And it may not be. Once you reach a certain level and you're headlining and you're getting paid thousands of dollars on the weekend, fuck it. Do what you want to do. Yeah, I feel like the the comics that are success, like they make a career out of it, but are never around on TV or yeah. they never hit like big, 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 big yeah. to where their national tours are people who are willing to grind. Like Rich Williams, mm. that dude grinds and... He's, you see him at mics, but like I said, you don't even need to necessarily have that, but he has shows. You see him posting about booking events. Mm-hmm. And I went and did um, uh, Corpus Christi with him at the that Bella, Bella Luna. Luna. Uh, and I was expecting it to be a disaster. It was it for was, me. <laughs> I had a, a blast. I had a good set. And Rich did an hour uh, where 
the, the whole crowd was laughing the yeah. entire time. Um, and I was like, dude, this guy could he he puts in the time and he books shows. Um, that being said, when I tried to book him for my show, he brought this uh, a, a level of negotiation that I wasn't ready for. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. yeah, yeah, Rich can be a <laughs> kind of a Jew. <laughs> 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 For anyone listening, he may or may not be Jewish. So that, <laughs> so that don't don't fire us. Um, but no, I mean, yeah, I, I would also have liked to see because now all, all the cruise ships are back home and the clubs are shut down. So you're seeing more big dogs that you mm, wouldn't otherwise. For sure. And speaking of John and yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean throw out, throw a name out. Yeah, exactly. And. Slade's randomly doing shows in town now. I feel like it would have been nice to have a couple of these guys hosting or running a showcase to keep them grounded in the community. That way they can see who's on the come up, who your Grady Pruitts and your Trey Tutsons are. That way they can do nice things like build up their comedy For scene. Sure. I feel like a lot of these uh, varsity comics, if you will, are kind of milling around and, and not going anywhere. Mm. And, and for whatever reason, I don't know, but if a headliner is going and doing a fucking one-nighter out in Albuquerque, who's going to feature a comic over there or a comic from the city that you came from, mm-hmm. like you want to know who, who's on. Who's, That's who's a really good point. Crushing it, you know, and, and hosting he an open mic. the second he starts getting to be like that Grady. Right. Like, oh, all of a sudden, he wants to You motherfuckers need to come see me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I was like, wait a second. Oh, You're not doing it for the betterment of the community. Podcasts are to market your guests, dog. Yeah. Like, come on now. <laughs> This is about marketing me, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> no, but thanks again for having me. I've really had fun. The time has been flying. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's a great, like, I was talking to uh, another comic here in town just literally today uh, about that. He's like, there's not, and like I said, there's good comics in town that go out to mics and, and if you ask them questions, they'll give you answers. And I, I don't know anyone that's just a complete prick. Uh, well, I don't know many that are complete. I'm not saying we can put our heads together. Yeah, um, but uh, there isn't really any, like you said, like the varsity team that are there building the community that are in it and seeing, like you said, who's on the come up um, to where, like you said, if they have a show or all that stuff, that, that doesn't exist. Other than, like I said, Rich, um, he knows enough to he could book a show from all locals if he wanted to. I but, think they've started to make an effort. And for whatever reason, uh, I'm just happy that it's happening because, you know, I've been on the road with John once and mm-hmm. John took A.D. Hodge on the road. And I think Tommy's taking a few people and mm-hmm. Ali Sadiq, we, we met fucking with Bryson Brown and, and Trey Tutson. I mean, so it, it's starting to happen. And, I hear and Ali used to do that. He used Ali, to have like a Houston. I believe so. And he would like. And he would foster. Here he was a hard ass, though. Uh, yeah, I've heard the same thing. Yeah. And mind you, I'm just kind of stepping into this uh, arena. You know what I mean? So this could have been going on the whole time without my knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> we were doing that. You just weren't on the team. <laughs> we were picking from a buffet that you just weren't on. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, but I, I'm starting to see it now, and it makes me happy when I see like comics fucking with comics, right? Because like, I, I, I've always took pride in in my shows that i booked like i want to want to bring fucking killers you right. know um, and it, it bugs me to no fucking end when you see a headliner from houston or wherever and he's bringing an, uh, an opener and a, or a feature where you're like what the 
fuck? Yeah. How did that happen? Mm-hmm. And for you know, reasons that I don't know, but I don't know. I I just feel like comedy needs to be as good as it can be on this local and smaller level because people aren't as willing to come out. They want to yeah. see your Tom Segura's. They want to see your uh, Bruce Bruce or you know throw a name out there that's a draw. Right. But when they see us, it's almost uh, uh, them being nice and just like, oh, right. okay, we'll go to a comedy show. You need to knock it out the fucking park to show these people like we're not fucking around here. Like this is gonna be good. I didn't fucking uh, a, a couple come out. They were like classmates of mine, mm-hmm. and the, the husband said this was a better show than I thought it was gonna be. <laughs> Thanks, man. Like, I thought y'all were gonna do a shitty local comedy show, but it was mm-hmm. good. It was like, that's what I aim for, you know? Right. Uh, which is why I don't want to run an open mic. Yeah, that's, and that's the thing. It's like, open mic is such a grab bag and there's, and just the way, for whatever reason, there's an oversaturation of Terrible bad comics. comics. <laughs> um, and I'm not saying that I'm a good comic. I'm not saying that by any stretch. Uh, but I'm not going to be like, they saw me and then they're like, oh, I'm never going to see stand up again. Right, right, right. But there is a lot of that out there. Mm-hmm. And I feel like yeah. it's hard to develop a scene when at least like, at least 30% of the time when people go out, they're like, what the fuck was that? Right. That was not enjoyable. One guy freaked out and yelled at me. That's another thing that's got to end. Yeah. People yelling at audience members, getting upset with the audience, blaming the audience. That has got to end. I see it every week. Have you been to a lot of comedy shows here yeah. with Adam? Or? I'm with Adam, with other people. I went okay. and saw Dan recently. Okay. Um, first comedy show I went to in Houston. I got I, uh, I to gotta say, like the first, there was five comics. The first three. And I, I'm a very generous person. Right, I'm right. Like, sometimes <laughs> he people, laughs at my chest. The, <laughs> first, the first three were awful. Right. Like completely and I was like why did I pay 10 bucks to come here? Yep. Then Jeff Joe got up and I was like okay, he was really good. Then Sandra D came up and just killed it. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So and that's how I got introduced into the scene. That's how I I had Sandra Wait, on the see, podcast. I was on that show. Yeah. No. no. <laughs> okay. and, yeah, and see that you being generous. <laughs> most people sit through 30 minutes of bad comedy are like we're leaving. Yeah. Get the fuck but out of here. When I was the the, the honest truth was when uh, I left, I was like, I don't know if I'll go to another one again. Then Sandra asked me, she said, hey, I'm competing in the funniest comic in Texas competition. Will you come? And I said, to support you, yes. Then I went, met Adam, Dalton, bunch of other people. And I was like, okay, it's not the that, whole scene. It's not the mm. whole scene. I was like, I just was at this one show that happened to be that way. I've been to some other ones that were similar, but I go, now that I you know, know Adam and Dan and a few other people, most of the time I go, I would say like, 70% of the time, I'm getting a good laugh out of it. Yeah. So and like, the okay. genuine, not supportive. Right. Like, I'm here unbiased. Right. It's a good show. That's why whenever the secret group was going to do that that passing system, which just disappeared, but then like, COVID hit like right as right. that was about to get, start getting doing. I was 100 I was fine with it. I was like, that's okay. Like, that, there's got to be something that, that gives a consistent level of of show because there's too many people just booking people because they yeah. just like them or you need different tanks for bigger fish yes <laughs> yeah and there's got to be an analogy a wh- baby yeah because <laughs> if you're going to charge people for the show you better give them something that's worth coming back out to yeah or or i remember um carrie's show which i love that show um uh carrie burt carrie burt yeah, um the, too, too soon, soon. Uh, that was a great fun. show but yeah. and it would piss me off because i I will go to shows if I'm not booked. 
because I enjoy comedy. Like I want to go. Plus, you hang out with a couple of your buddies. That's cool too. But I love that show because I love topical humor. Mm-hmm. So that's like r- right up my alley. And I would see people and on that show that would just do their regular set. I'm like, what the fuck? And then somebody came out with a review, and the Carrie. It's not like Carrie was like letting it happen. She would be like. She, she always had topical these shit. These group chats were like, please write Exa- new shit. Exactly. Write stuff for so this show. she was show. doing her, her, due her work and due diligence, yeah. but she just got fucked by a couple of comics that just did not do what they said they were going to do. And then somebody sent out this review on Yelp and it was like, blasted the show. I'm like, Jesus, that looks terrible. Yeah. But, and that's, I would see that kind of stuff consistently. But, so that's why I was like down for the review thing. I was like, absolutely do it. And even if that means that I'm not in a certain echelon, at least I know what echelon I'm in and I know what I need, roughly what I need to do to get level up. Yeah. As long as somebody's watching your stuff regularly to make those changes. Well, I mean, you're on the right path. For one, you're humble. You're realistic. You're friendly. Mm-hmm. People see you grind. People see you work. Um, Didn't say handsome yet. <laughs> <laughs> Waiting for it. You got a lot of things going for you that are going to help you because if you're a dick... And, and you're not the best. It makes it that much harder on yourself, you know. Mm. Um, I don't know. I the com the the couple that I told you they were like uh, this show was better than I thought it was mm-hmm. gonna be. They haven't been to another show. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's tough. Even when you do well, it's tough to get For people sure. to come back. Right. It's not a big thing right now. Not. For some reason, it's no. not. Comedy is. I've noticed in the last like ten years, just stand up comedy has taken a backseat to a lot of other things. Yeah, I, I think that's probably because the internet and YouTube. Thanks right? Netflix. But Netflix and as, stuff like having that. nonstop comedy shows coming out every <laughs> fucking week as a date option. It's like it doesn't even cross people's minds. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's what it is. It's a date night. Yeah. For yeah. most, you know, you, you don't gang up with the boys, but you want to go to a comedy show? Yeah, yeah. No, you know, it's you and your lady or a double date or a bachelorette party or whatever the fuck. What sucks, Secret Group was definitely had built momentum. Yeah, they like, had a following. Yeah, and it was, I remember it was like, because when I first started doing comedy, I would go to Secret Group all the time and you'd be lucky if there was like 10 people in mm-hmm. the audience on a week, like a weekend show. And then like, I even asked Zahid, I was like, it's like, dude, what did y'all do? It's like, all these shows are are getting like sold Packed out, out. Nice Phil, I think Filth had a good yeah. a, a good run with this cuz their fo- their show their show was consistently good. And it was unique in the fact that there were two hosts up there roasting the audience. Yeah. Cuz yeah. it wasn't just another showcase with a different name. Right. Um it, it, I'm, I'm going to tell you one thing about Secret Group cuz you're younger than I am in comedy. Um uh, I was in comedy before there was a secret right. group mm-hmm. but there was still the secret group and they were just uh, a clan of of comics who put on shows at various bars and open mics and so they were building a following because they had merch fucking stickers and like they this thing has been a slow build and mm. as much as i like wasn't a part of the secret group family or you know a reg- i was doing shows there regularly mm. because i got good enough to like you know the right, right person saw me and, and i was able to work out there and i was i was happy but it's been a slow grind for them, and I hope it stays afloat. I really do. Yeah, COVID absolutely fucked them. It's, and it's a shame. Like I said, if they get opened back up, that's going to be the best place to see comedy in town overnight. Yeah. Like, the improv is for traveling comics. They have their own little thing. And it's a grown and sexy night. It's a date night. As you get dressed up, you spend 60 bucks on a ticket yeah. to see Ali Wong or whatever. Zero edge factor. <laughs> uh, I think it's the one thing that's... The C group had that was kind of a secret weapon 
is that because their venue was so big, they could have those those theme nights that would just get people used to going there and they would mm. see like the posters for the shows. Like every time we go there, it's a fun night. Yeah. And then because their foot traffic wasn't great, but uh, that Edo is grow- growing. So, but like I said, they put on, put on like right before, like for a year, probably before COVID hit, mm. they were putting on consistently good shows on yes. the weekends, several good shows during the week. And they had a following of, of people who, whether it was different people every time, which I could, I don't, it's not going to recognize a ton of regulars, but they were getting butts in seats, yeah. which was awesome. And I thought it was great for the comedy scene. And they gave it a lot of opportunity to a lot of comics, which is it's a shame that one thing they're doing, which is smart on them. And it's maybe by accident, maybe not is they're marketing to a younger audience. Right. And younger people are starting to watch comedy the same way they buy like vinyl records. Like it's a cool thing they used yeah. to do, you know, what I mean? yeah. <laughs> legitimately. Yeah. So the fact that they're getting younger people interested in it is good. Great, yeah. Because the next generation needs to do this. Like joke joint, you've been there. It was old fucks. It was plant workers. It just fucking cheap date night. We're getting free tickets because it's my birthday, or, mm. you know. And, and those tend to be shitty audience members, right? Just people who don't give a fuck who are kind of here because man, what else is there to do in Pasadena, right? You know. But when there's all this going around in Edo, they could have been at the ball game. They could have been at Little Woodrow's, a badass bar. Yeah. They could have some of the best burgers and pizza in town right next door. Mm-hmm. But they're here in this uh, dark, kind of, you know, shady looking <laughs> club. Yeah, in the box. <laughs> giving their attention to people that they've never met. Like, mm. and, and, and that takes a lot to, yeah. to build and to, to create that environment where people are willing to just fork over this attention because yeah. it's short and it's fleeting you know? for sure so I, I i commend them like i wasn't the biggest yeah uh, i want that's like the best guy, thing uh but they have done something right yeah for sure and so not to completely change no uh, let's do that angle. yeah <laughs> so you as you mentioned I, so i haven't seen you for the six years you've been doing it. i haven't been around that long so when i think as long as i've seen you like the last two years and change you have had a very conversational storytelling kind of a vibe you have a lot of jokes whether they're really based on real life or not you tell them like they're based on real life mm-hmm. uh are they actually based on real life and like, was that a conscious like decision? most of them are rooted in truth uh-huh. and that's because i'm not like this super creative guy in my mind uh because i was watching cats like uh joffer khan Fucking Dale Cheeseman. Oh, who, hilarious. Who are pulling these parallels from, I think Dale Cheeseman had a joke comparing like uh, uh, one of the Star Wars guys to like Jesus Christ and like explaining like the, the similarities in it. And it was like, I don't fucking have that. Right. So I'm writing about things that I know, my ethnicity, my upbringing, where I'm from, uh, experiences I've had. Because like I can go back to that specifically and it's like, these are the facts. This is how I can bend the truth to make it funny. Uh-huh. And that seems to help me because one, they're personal and I know it intimately. Sure. And, and when I can't be creative or come up with some new shit, I like topical shit too. I've had, you know, quite a few good topical jokes, but when that uh, engine's not firing or, or, or what's the, when that piston's not going, yeah. I got six more that I can choose from for sure. And, and start writing about something and, and invest some time into uh, the act. So have any of the subjects of any of your jokes, have they gotten back to any of them? And how have they responded to that? My sister, I had a quick joke that's... uh, I I think I know what joke you're talking about. uh, My sister's transgender. Uh, She's now a man. She used to be a real sweetheart. Now 
she's kind of a dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I love I the love joke. joke. And she, she just had two twins. She's very much still a woman. <laughs> Shout out Martina Amador. <laughs> two beautiful twins, man. And I, I truth is they are half black. Uh, mm. She's a real good guy. And, uh, but when I, I was telling this joke on stage, it never, it seemed like people would turn their head like a confused dog. I was like, I have two new nieces now and they're black. And they're like, are they? <laughs> like, look at you. Like, are they? Mm. But my sister has twins. They're black and they're twins. So I can't wait to pay for tennis lessons. <laughs> and it just wasn't working as much as I wanted it to. So I was like, maybe I need to quit doing that shit. <laughs> what is your typical like writing process? A lot of it gets like figured out on stage, what works and doesn't work. But I've gotten okay at like writing something the first time and having it work and then just trying to make it better. And then right. what started out as this is now maybe 60% different. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I got a joke. I was talking about my mother and, and that led into like my ethnicity and I found that little in that weave. And now mm. I'm trying to add on to what I can talk about my mother to add another minute to that whole bit. Uh-huh. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the process normally starts with pen and paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I can't do that, it's notes on my phone. I think the best stuff that, that I ever, that I've written has just cut like, like a thought that popped in. Yeah. But I also found way more success than just sitting around. Cause I'm like, I only write whenever I think of something typically, mm. which is not a good way to have consistent, like a steady flow of new material. But, um, and, and if I'm going out more, that would be more of a problem, but I don't, I don't go out enough. You got to see things and think that's funny. How can I make it funny? A- a- that's what I was going to say. So that's what I found as a little hack that's been successful for me. And I should just do it by myself, but I'm for some, re- like, for some reason, if I do it with other people, I don't know why I, I should need to do it by myself, but having a topic to focus on or just think about, or just going through the news, mm-hmm. you go through the news and you don't have to necessarily write a joke about that news story, but it will give you ideas. Yeah. Like, how can I make this funny? Like uh, this topic or this, whatever. I was doing that for a little bit. I downloaded cause I, I hate the news. I didn't watch it. Don't want to. I felt like it's a bunch of nonsense to sell commercial, mm-hmm. but and that same was like maybe there's some material here, so I downloaded the like Yahoo News, Google News, and whatever other news app on my phone to get these updates and be like, there's some gold here. And one of them was uh, when Bernie was still in the running to be mm-hmm. president, right? And it, uh, he went to have breakfast at some cafe in San Francisco, pissed off the manager. So the headline was like, Bernie's uh, restaurant owner in San Francisco says Bernie lost his vote because he was uh, being uh, ornery and, and and just you know hard to deal with. Mm-hmm. And it was like. In Bernie's defense, he's like a 70-year-old Jew. (laughs) It's kind of their thing, you know? And I was like, you'd be angry if you had to be Jewish that long. Everyone loves Larry David. What are you talking about? That's every episode. He's ornery and angry. (laughs) He's picking some random fight. So in that, you're right. There Mm -hmm. is material there. It's fleeting, but it's good because it keeps you writing, especially when you can't think of, uh, like myself, stories that you've lived through. Mm-hmm. Or, or uh, you know, joking about yourself when there's something that something else you can find out, then go for that. Like mm-hmm. I, I was, I haven't even talked about it, but I was driving home from work and it was like a high school I passed up, and there was this kid, young young man, maybe a freshman, looked like very young, had a hoodie on that said "Virginity is cool." And I was like, Man, did you swerve right into him? 
Fuck that <laughs> just, kid. I'm going to end it now because it's not getting better. Yeah. <laughs> it, it just looked like some somebody would wear that, like, you know, never got a head. Like, yeah. this, this shit you ain't know cool. how awesome sex is? You know what's really you cool? Nerd. Busting nuts, yeah, man. Exactly. How much, like, is your mom forcing you to wear this? Right, yeah. That uh, would be a great way to ground a kid. Like, you're going to have to wear this for a week. Virginity is cool. <laughs> Uh, that would be <laughs> I would re- that would keep me from doing shit back in the day more than a spanking would that's for yeah. sure <laughs> also have you heard the Dave Scoops poop joke mm-hmm. okay so with this like COVID thing I'll, I was I'll, I'll do my act here yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, you see things and if it makes you chuckle fucking store that and write about it mm-hmm. and, and sure. I, I think with that specific bit I even did like a thought bubble that was like I could go here or there that's funny maybe a tag here or and, and then you start. Oh, that's better this guy than gets this. Booked on a couple of shows, and now he's an artist. He's, he's fine. Now he's putting in the work. I really don't. I don't write like that. But it, it proved uh, to work for at least this joke. And mm-hmm. even that's fleeting because once COVID's over, okay, who cares? But I, I was. I tell the audience, I'm proud of y'all. Y'all mm-hmm. are resilient. A lot of you lost your jobs, found a way to make money. I've seen more drug dealers and OnlyFans accounts yeah. than I've ever seen in my life. And you do what you got to do. Sell it. You know, bud, booty. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. And then that leads up to the joke that I'm talking about. Is like I was on the way over here behind a pickup truck and advertised on the back windshield. It said Dave Scoops Poop. It's truth. Mm-hmm. And I called. Right. <laughs> I got Dave. Dave picked up. Only? Right, I said Dave answers phones too. Yeah. <laughs> And then I say, I never called. So this is all, it's rooted yeah, in truth, yeah, yeah. but so I got Dave, Dave picked up. Dave also answers phones. Found out Dave will come to your house for $15 flat fee, pick up dog shit. It's a deal I can't pass up. I got Dave scheduled for next Saturday. Problem is don't have a dog or a backyard. <laughs> I'm going to shit in my living room floor and let this grown man come pick it up. Because I support small business. Damn right. <laughs> and it's, it's topical, but it can last a while. And, uh-huh. and I, just me seeing this and chuckling and seeing a number, just you see things and make fun of. Right. And, and, and convey that. And, and then have jokes that you can use that like. Did you really come up with that today? Or have you tried that on the Not stage? today. It's worked out. So That's, it's worked? That, that, it's gotten applause breaks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but. The way I say it sounds like I just wrote it. I was on the way over here. That's another. Uh, I have a gas station joke about the guy with the limp and I hit him with my car. You mm-hmm. heard this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I tell him I was on the way over here mm-hmm. at the gas station. I had to get gas. And just it pulls him in a little bit more. I yeah. Think. It yeah. just makes it feel fresh. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, as opposed to uh, well, this happened last week or you remember when. Mm-hmm. Nah, you're here today. They just saw you. Like. Yeah. Make make this fresh so you can write your jokes in a way that uh, will, the audience will give you a little more credit. It's tricking them. That's what it's all. This is what all comedy I'm just, is. I'm just a liar. You're setting, yeah, I'm just lie. Well, that's all <laughs> comedy is: is uh, subverting expectations. Yeah, you had to zig and zag, or or just be like a complete Looney Tune character. Right. I think uh, I forgot who said it, but if when you're not funny, be interesting. That was Jesus, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> I want to say it was Billy D. Washington or one of those big dogs I, I was talking to. I don't, I don't talk to Billy much, if at all, but he's like, funny. Jesus. It's a great point because Billy is very calm and measured. Have you ever seen him live? Not live, no. He's, he's very, it, it, it's so fucking measured to the T, the timing, the, 
the pauses, the fucking the, the, the small. He's not very act outish, but right. when he does move, it's for a purpose. Mm-hmm. And it's like he holds your attention even when you're not curled over laughing. But it's coming. It's fucking coming. Yeah. <laughs> but so in, in that sense, like everything comes into this. Mm-hmm. You're smiling when you're on stage or you're not for a fucking reason. You mm-hmm. know, you're using the stool, you're sitting down for a reason. It, it quit leaning on the goddamn uh, the mic stand. Uh-huh. I watch Def Jam. I have like, I bought the DVD seasons like one through five. And you notice your Bernie Max, your D.L. Hughley's, your uh, uh, mustache, Steve Harvey, <laughs> <laughs> Dave Chappelle, yeah. all the greats that came out of there. None of them lent on that mic stand. Uh-huh. Not one of them. And the ones that did, who the fuck are you? Even if you had a great set, like he didn't uh, uh, rise to the level that these other cats did. They just didn't do this simple thing. Mm-hmm. So the mechanics of it also have a lot to do with it. Right. Uh, that's I didn't that's, come here to ne- like. That's ne- that's I mean, that's what we like when we're interviewing comics. Like that's the kind of insight stuff that's interesting. Or else we're just talking about like, hey, what's your life like, kind of stuff. <laughs> All right. I like talking about stand up, and I sometimes I take I feel like too much liberty. Like I know these things because I'm still very green in comparison to other people or, or other people more successful. But I feel like I've got somewhat of a grasp, and I like talking about what I think I know. So that's what, and I've talked to a couple of people and that was what the similarity with people that get to a certain level. It's not just that they're a certain level of funny. It's a certain level of awareness. It's the exact same kind of similar conversation that like we were saying with like the details, the movements, that stuff, exact same thing that Grady said, mm-hmm. exact same thing that Trey Tutson said and Victor said. Fuck and, yeah. And, and, Throw me in that But some of the best comics in Houston. Yeah. That just goes to show like, and I think that I'm not, once you have your material down good and you know it works, then you start adding that extra layer. And that's, yeah. those extra layers, I mean, you can't have the extra layers till the joke's funny. Don't get me wrong. Or you can still get a laugh from the extra layers, I guess. But you, when you add those extra layers to what's already great, that's what you deliver will, it great. That's how you kill. Yeah. That, that's how you keep rolling laughs. I'm still in the focused on writing good jokes kind of phase. Oh, y'all are. But Man, it's- that's so outside of the well, the way I think right now because I'm like but now just, you hold this knowledge now you have exactly. it exactly so I it's not like you got to stumble I, upon it you're exactly. like hey I'm not at this fucking rung on the ladder but I can see the next two or three for sure so Whereas, that's what the scene like a, the another scene, analogy yeah. <laughs> the seniors in the in the comedy scene that if I would have had to learn that myself it may the take hard way I talked to, to yeah. Trey or Grady Victor yourself people who are pointing this out I'm like I'm glad I had this conversation and anyone who's listening is hearing this, especially if you're a comic and if you're not, and you see some comedy that comic tell them too, that is going to help the entire comedy yeah. scene. It took me way too much time to figure out that like puns aren't it. Mm-hmm. Like the fuck did you just say? They're <laughs> fucking not. And I think if it's clever enough and it's well-timed and it's light, it's like a fuck. Like, if you can do it once and it's mm-hmm. funny, great. Keep it. Do it. But don't scatter them all over your fucking set because you're going to water down the effectiveness of the fuck or the pun. Right? Right. Uh, but I was doing puns for, like, years. And you watch the greats. Watch whoever's on right now. And 30-minute special and count on one hand how many puns they do. It's few to none. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, if that's what you're trying to do, you're trying to get a 30-minute special. If you're trying to make a living doing this, do what the fuck they're doing. You know, you don't got to copy them, but mm-hmm. take the mechanics, take the the verbiage, the 
that's a fucking that's another thing <laughs> that those same comics we were talking about is they watch comedy and pay attention to what is working why it's working so i'm sitting here still just watching comedy just to just I started at face value, but when you're studying, I started analyzing wave. I'm sorry to cut you off, yeah. but you're right. Last fucking time, be you're right. Time. <laughs> Can I get more coffee, dog? No, no, I'm good. I'm gonna fuck with you. <laughs> Great coffee, by the way. Um, I was analyzing comedy before I was doing comedy. I liked, I loved Ron White, still do. And one thing I really love about Ron White, not only his storytelling, but the way he bends words. Mm-hmm. Like, like what? I had to hide it in a piece of cheese. Like, mm. like just stretching the word, saying a, a certain word in a certain fashion, different funny, a change in that, uh, uh, the way you talk, the way in which you speak. Right. Um, there's a word for it. Whatever. But that's why I like when the sound of the show is crisp and it's good because uh, yeah. when I'm doing it and I bend a word, like I don't say it as loud, it hits a little bit harder because they can hear me clearly. You know those fucking mics? For that, sure. It's either too loud or the sound sucks. And it's like, well, fuck it. It sounds all muffled they and mumbled. They hear the I fucking word. Anyway. <laughs> I can't afford to have right. any extra mumble. Those, those little things. Like, I, uh, I, I really enjoy it. I, I'm not as big a student as I should be. But I really enjoy when I'm talking to a John Westling or a Tommy Drake. Because yeah. they're there. I can reach out and touch them. I can book them. You can only watch Ralphie May. You can right. only, you, you know what I mean? You can yeah, only yeah. listen to Joe Rogan. Like, there's only so much you can, but those, uh, the, the, the advice from these people that are, that are there, it just mean, seems much more because they're doing it. Right. You know, and they're, they're fucking right there. Plus, <laughs> plus, I would think it would get addictive. Like, when you're doing, try, you're adding, it's like playing basketball where you add a new move. You got the dream shake, now you got the fadeaway, you got all, the, you add a new move. It's like, shit. I just, like, I just went from a B player to an A player or a C to a B, whatever. That's got to be in a, a, an adrenaline rush all, all of its own. Like, I know I can be funny. I, I, I make people laugh, but I can be, make people laugh till they cry kind of a thing. I wish I could tell a good story. I've never been a good storyteller. You, how would you describe my humor or my style of doing stand-up? Very conversational. Conversational. Not a storyteller. Steve Cantwell is a storyteller. Nobody's like Steve Cantwell when it comes to telling stories. But, You're but- there's, a, there's a lane that you wouldn't describe me as a storyteller. Ali Sadiq is a storyteller. Sure. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not upset at that, but I would love to be a good storyteller. To, to keep people's attention in something that happened in my life mm-hmm. without having to be so punchy. Mm-hmm. Have you I, seen Rambo Too Funny? Yes, and he did real well one time that I've seen him. I haven't seen. I've only seen him once. Yeah, and he did real well, and I'd never seen him before. He's a storyteller. Yeah, I, I remember I saw him on Saldana's show up in Conroe. That's where I seen him. Yeah, he fucking murdered. Were you there? Would uh, he would probably booked him again? Because I don't think you're on the show that I seen him on. Uh, who it's possible. On? Jesse Payton was on it for a brief. Sure. He he didn't do like a he like a five or ten minute set. We may have been at the same, the same fucking show. show. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, man, he fucking murdered. And he had he had rolling laughter. Yeah, that is something. That, and Trey gets that quite often, mm-hmm. to where he's just in the zone, and half of it's not even jokes. It's just him riffing on 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 just the situation. And yeah. just, like, just the way he says things are funny, but but uh, that's next level shit. But yeah, storytelling is hard, hard. It's hard to make it funny, and you're risking five minutes That's getting burned saying. to the ground. To commit to it, because I've I've tried, I've started, 
And then you see it's just not going well. Oh, they're can't well. They're bomb. not in. Yeah, many many times. Good for him because he doesn't divert. Whereas I will just be a whore. Right? Thirty <laughs> seconds. You don't want it. All right. What about this? <laughs> you like this? <laughs> Anything? Because, I, but I, I, I stick to what I do. I tell you what's funny in my own fashion. What I'm confident with. Sometimes mm-hmm. I take liberties, and sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. But I'm there to fucking entertain. You're there. You paid your ten bucks. I want to put on a good show for you. Like I've seen people like I won't compromise my art. This is what I'm doing. Fuck you and fuck that ideology. Get good enough to where you can do that. Don't. You're there to entertain. If I'm feeding you a piece of cheese, I don't like cheddar. Well, here's some pepper jack, dog. Like you know. Yeah. But be a good audience member. But also as a comedian, you try to be entertaining. And don't. Blame the audience when they're yes. not laughing. Sometimes audiences are shitty. True, but, but don't, don't blame them. What's the point? The, I, I feel like that's one of those things that like the there's no stupid questions. Like there definitely are. Yeah, <laughs> but if you say that, you you weed out a lot of that bullshit. People are like, oh, it's a bad crowd, it's a bad crowd. No, you fucking suck because I bombed at uh, Darwin's maybe you know, and and Trey Tutson goes up there and murders. It, Eggs. That's the true test. It wasn't the audience. That, that is the Andy true Andy Huggins test. goes up there and murders. And it's like, ah, you suck. Yeah, exactly. Not the audience. It's not necessarily that you suck, but you're Tonight. not. You, exactly. <laughs> Tonight you suck. And everyone has bad nights. <laughs> Let's not mix words. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's like, I'm a big sports fan. It's like, we're, we're not, the comics aren't a team for sure. I mean, it's an individual sport. To it, but you're kind of, it's like, you're in baseball, you, you, hit, a, you hit a batter. Mm-hmm. You know somebody else coming up on your team, the comedy team is about to get hit back because you were selfish. Right. Like you so don't fuck over the entire room because you had a bad set. Right. Take your lumps, move on. Uh, if you have a comment here or there to, that's you think we're gonna get a laugh, go for it. But like when people, I just have seen so much people are like, oh y'all, y'all just don't like comedy. I'm like. Don't do that. Or they're like, why are you even, oh, this is the one I hate the most. Why are you guys still here? Especially when you're later on on that show or on that mic and people are telling like, I can't believe you're still here. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, you you got your stage time. Other people are still waiting for the time and they would like to try these jokes in front of an audience. Even when I'm bombing, I will like make it a point to be like, yo, it's going to get better from here. Like, there there are better comics here. Like, (laughs) I don't like y'all. Y'all don't like me. But like, Stick around. (laughs) Exactly. I'll take my lumps. I'm not going to like, fuck y'all. Fuck this place. Plus, it doesn't help anything. No. It's not going to make you feel better. No. And it makes the audience feel, you know, like, I don't want to be a part of this anymore. Yeah. Like, like we're not in this together. This is a dance we're doing. Yeah. Yeah, And I didn't come out here to get yelled at. And your dance partner just shoved you off and started break dance. And it's like, how can we do this together? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Speaking of doing uh, doing shows and the dance and all that stuff, you got any stuff coming up? I got two shows, Friday and Saturday, eight and ten. At and this week, Phil and Derek's. This week, this episode won't be out yet. With Al Freeman <laughs> and Sandra D. Oh, oh nice! Yeah. And Sunday, I got my show at Shamrocks in Humble mm-hmm. with Billy D. Washington, Trey Tutson, Jesse Saldana. Damn. And we're gonna have no um, whites. Interesting. Judea Briscoe. Driscoll. Driscoll. She's hilarious. Yeah. So I've got all, uh, I've got a, I got an all-star lineup, if you will. Yeah. 
Just one thing missing. Adam. Yeah. I should have booked Adam. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Are, or were you trying to wrap up or are we still rolling? Yeah. Uh, do you have any like social media you want to put out? At Nathaniel Amador Comedy on everything on except everything? Twitter and TikTok and just Facebook and Instagram <laughs> and YouTube. Another layer of what comedy is nowadays that's, that's, it sucks that it has to be part of it. Social media. You're not going to get big without social media. Remember and we talked about those people that were draws? That's a big part of it. That's almost that's, all it is. Yeah. People come and see Chingo Bling because of what he did online. 100%. Now, Jeff Joe's figuring it out. Yeah. He's getting TikTok famous. Yeah. Jesse Saldana. That, did you see that video he had that like got thousands and thousands Probably. of Probably. Which one was it? It was right when COVID hit. And uh, he did this video of like... When you're when you have when you're stuck in lockdown COVID, but you, you still want to go to the bar, and it was like this Tejano bar, yeah. and he was like drinking cool light like right Not in front himself. of his TV. Yeah. Oh my god, it's hilarious! He did another one about know, his friend was in a car honking a horn. Yeah, some crazy shit. Yeah, yeah I remember that one. Yeah, he's fucking right. funny. It's it's do it, do it, do something. This is part of it. Mm-hmm. Do it because no one's gonna see you for what you did on stage mm-hmm. until you reach a fucking point. And even then, Tom Segura putting out these podcasts and these fucking live events and keeping his audience interested because yeah. it's hard to get people out to stand-up yeah. shows. So give them something for free, put a little effort into it, and keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Exactly. Same Dan Cummins. Oh, like yeah. A comic I've always liked, but he was kind of a niche audience. Yeah. He does a podcast that's phenomenal. And he even talks about it a couple times. Like, it gave his whole career like new life. And mm-hmm. he goes on the shows, and ninety percent of the crowds there because they heard his podcast. Right. It's not because they know his standup, which he's been around for a long time. Had a lot of Comedy Central shows, and and yeah. I think he's on Amazon Prime shows now or specials. I started doing uh, a, a little short clips uh, called Life Advice from a Millennial, and. It's just me sitting in a chair and delivering jokes about a certain topic. Mm-hmm. And it looks good. I, I feel like they're... they're. Is it animated? No. So it's as you... It's, it's, it yeah, it's just me. Yeah. It's just me. But... <laughs> what do you say about self-awareness? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, as far as promoting Is yourself... It on Facebook? Facebook. It's on YouTube. At Nathaniel Amador. So if you want to check those you out... promote that shit earlier? <laughs> Uh, the hell you doing, Amador? <laughs> but yeah, if you want to check out those videos, man, yeah. I'm proud of them. I'm gonna keep doing them, and that's my effort in uh, you know creating yeah. online content. Sure, and, cool. You know, it's a good idea. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. It was a blast. Yeah, yeah, yeah I had a lot of fun. Yeah, tell, a joke, tell a joke. joke about that Xbox story. That'd be fucking. That's prime. Yeah. That's prime. That's prime. Yeah. Right okay. there. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll, right get, I'll get on that tonight. <laughs> we'll let out at Jive or something. Good, what time yeah. is it? It's uh, 9.15. Fucking shit. All right. Right right on time, baby. White boys is punctual. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure and a blast, man. man. Thank y'all. See y'all next week.